For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Banda Pete from Twins and Losses Super Show, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. It's Alex Wright, the German. If you want to know what the Germans are about, pick me, and you're going to have a hell of a victory. I promise! Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for Ring General Radio! Now making the way to the microphone, weighing in at more than your mama does. A team of Maddie Atlantic, Stubby J, and the Red Star of Minnesota, John O'Beaver. Oh, sugar. Check what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. Sugar, sugar. You know what? This, for the first time in a long time, feels good. I'm in a good feeling right now. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Bring it. Ring the bell. Just just once. (laughs) Screw it all up. Multiple rings. Um, So basically, oh man, I got to catch my breath. This has been such a long time. I mean, so I'll go into it a little bit later. But right now, you are listening to Ring General Radio. We are live. Hey, turn up my cans. Which one? Which one? Which one? Three. Yeah, Matt, you got it? Good. I don't know. I thought I, I, nope, I, that's perfect. I touched it. That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So it has been um, two weeks since we've had a real, genuine Ring General Radio. And I'll be honest with you, the, the, the show we did before that, I shit the bed. <laughs> I was not myself. I was tired. I was anxious. So I'm going to I'm going to spread a little uh well actually let's let's do all the intros and then we'll go into that. Let's so, do that. So you are listening to Ring General Radio. We are live. We are on the 4D podcast network and we are broadcasting from New Thompson Home Studios in the illustrious state of Minnesota. That sounds about right. Um, Delicious. You are listening to your host, or I should say one of them, Kid Ketchup himself, the Red Star of Minnesota, the Squire of Strong Style, and the 2015 Battle Bowl Trivia Grand Prix Champion. Right across from him we have... <laughs> you didn't even finish your, 
Oh, I'm John Home Beaver. There you go. Everybody Woo! knows I that. Wait, I was waiting for the, that key there. Uh, you got uh, the <laughs> wild card of Wednesday night, the Pasty Paradox, the 2016 Battle Bowl Grand Prix semifinalist, Matty Atlantic, and off to my left, the one-time almost co-host for the Dave Ryan in the Morning Show, Ring General Original himself, as well as 2015 and 16 first-round competitor in Battle Bowl Trivia, Stubby J. Beautiful stuff. Sorry, can I get to add another one. Sorry. Uh, official EPW uh, commentator. Thank so you. So we will get into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little later during our talking points because I think that... Thank uh, you. I think there's some grievances that need to be aired, um, not only with myself and Maddie Atlantic, but with uh, Mr. Inappropriate. Um, I have no grievances. I have plenty of them. I feel amazing. Uh, that's not a surprise. Uh, I know it isn't. Doesn't <laughs> that not surprise you? What's oh, for, what's for, I, I just made some baller mac and cheese. What are you guys having for dinner tonight? Um, so here's the thing. I actually that, That's kind of a good segue. <laughs> Into, you know, as Jake had mentioned last time we were there, two weeks ago when we were on the air, which, by the way, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I want to give it up to our illustrious producer. I got a chance to listen to that when I was on the way to work uh, this uh, late last week. And, uh, man, he, he does a damn, you do a damn good job. It of, turned out of, really, of really compiling. good. And there was a lot a, of, a lot of, you know, kid ketchup victories in there. <laughs> and the, it was such an ego stroke. <laughs> and I'll He's be honest Dr. with you. Dr. Frankenstein of old clips. Sometimes it, it felt good. It was, it was fun to try and find some of those old ones too. It was, it was a hell of a blast listening back to some of those, uh, especially the best of seven between Jono and I, where it, it, it came down to the wire and we decided that a draw was probably the best thing <laughs> I mean, especially in front of a guest like Ryan Van Alstyne. Yeah, have you noticed that our guests, like when we get hot, like tend to get, tend to get a little nervous? <laughs> <laughs> like, those of us, like the, when they get when our guests come in and they don't know like our dynamic, mm-hmm. or uh, I should say my dynamic. <laughs> um, oh, you bring it out of each. each Jake, year. you said it once. Um, I don't. I, I loved this quote. Um. And I hope you remember, but we were talking about when I got the action figures, uh, my my old school WWF Hasbro action figures Mm -hmm. for Christmas. And you said, I've only known Jono to be two things. An asshole and my brother. I don't know. I think one of them was like a tough ass and an asshole. Yeah, tough ass and an asshole. Yep, that's true. That's true. When in all reality, if you get to know me, I am actually... One of the most nice, generous human beings is where you guys corroborate. Uh, <laughs> yes. Until, Absolutely. That is until you don't invite him for a car ride. Or you give him some uh, some mac and cheese that's trying too hard. <laughs> Damn you, mac and cheese that tries too hard. Uh, he's uh, he's Right now he's uh, getting our figs of the week, plural, this time. Uh, he's going to be uploading them shortly onto our Twitter look, account, which look great. Yeah, which should bring us to uh, one of the uh, the upcoming segments to tonight's show, which uh, it's probably the newest one. Uh, no tweets barred. This- no tweets barred. I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm, now I'm going to give you guys a little background because uh, I mean it's our fucking radio show, so I can talk about <laughs> what we want, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, Eventually, we'll get to wrestling. Knowing Jono, you would assume that he is like cold as steel, impervious. Just, uh, but when it comes down to it, I am littered with just some of the most boohoo emotional problems you can imagine. Um, one of which, and I'm not afraid to say it. I have uh, panic disorder, and uh, I have severe anxiety. Now, sometimes it's not as bad, but obviously with uh, recent events, and if you look back to our show two weeks ago, you probably know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I Last week, uh, I started a brand new job, right? Now, I went from... I don't fucking work for him anymore. <laughs> I went from working for Best Buy uh, for 12 years... Um, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to stretch the title a little bit, but I feel like it's fair. I was a district manager. Jake, you think that's fair? Uh, yes, because that's what, what what your title was. Nice. Um, (laughs) so yeah, well, that, that, you know, like the title was a little bit different, but that's essentially what it was as I oversaw most of the stores in the, uh, the Metro. Well, I go from this, right? Bear in mind, my father had just passed away, and now I'm going into the medical field where you need to have, like, rock-hard skin because, like, like <laughs> I'm sitting here, and there's a whole center of people, and our job is to basically uh, act as an intermediary between hospitals and radiologists, and we merge them together in after hours. So if you go to the emergency room at 3 a.m., I work for a company that does a very noble service of outsourcing radiology, and they hire their... I mean, it's it's a phenomenal thing. And I'm honestly... There's no ceiling to this, too, because like people are going to consistently get hurt, and uh, you know, when you are the one in the hospital, you want your shit read right away. You want the radiologist to read it, but it, sometimes it has to be like, well, our radiologist is in tomorrow. We'll give you a call, right. or we'll give you a call in a couple of weeks. We have a turnaround time of like 30 minutes, which is incredible. You Absolutely. Know? But, um, man, it's like, it's like if your dad gets hit by a Guinness truck, Mrs. Doubtfire, and <laughs> you go to work at a Guinness factory repairing trucks. It's like, wait. Can I just I need more time, right? And part of me wishes maybe if I had given it an extra week, but then again they got those gimmicks in the, <laughs> to quote Steve Austin, they got those gimmicks that come in the mail called bills. <laughs> so I didn't want I, I I couldn't afford to really wait a week because uh, when I am under any type of stress, there's two things I will do, and that is uh, just a shitload of drugs or money. <laughs> I will spend a shitload of money. Um, not proud of either. Well, the money thing's fine. Was it was it, just going a fig spree? Enabled me to get uh, the heart, the old school heart foundation first ever Jim Anvil, Jim the Anvil uh, Mattel figure. Very happy to have that. So happy they packaged them separately. That could have saved me twenty bucks, <laughs> but um, still, I'm. Uh, Every, I, honestly, every time I, I've been waiting for this for a while, every time I look at these guys on my shelf, I'm like, figure of the week. Did they <laughs> Did they individually come with tag team ta- championships then? <laughs> you mean like if one came with two and then one? 
Well, yeah, right. No, they each came with their own. They did. Which is weird because when I bought Yokozuna, he came with two tag team belts. Which is odd because it's like completely strange because like if they're already a, if they're tag team champs why wouldn't you package them together? So you have an Owen Hart DVD. I now this is something else that anxiety will do to you. I have the dirtiest house, dirtiest car, no prep for the show last week. Um, it just it like pigeonholes you into doing nothing except feeling bad for yourself. So. Um, where was I going with this? What were we talking about? Talking about spending money when you're feeling feeling blue. Shitty. Um, fuck, I lost. It. <laughs> but another wait, no, another thing that it does is it. Uh, I completely lost it. It's gone. So you, uh, so you started a new gig. Started a new gig. You had to in in order to to get your bills paid. Couldn't take the the extra time off, and now. Now that you're in that gig, uh, you are able to get back onto your uh, scripts, right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm now level-headed, and um, <laughs> ready, ready to do this. I mean, it's it's because part of it, you know, you, you're you're anxious about the things you have to do, but the things you have to do. If you just did them, you wouldn't be anxious about it. It's like the chicken and the egg. Right. Um, and uh, sometimes, you know, it's like a face your fears type thing, you know. And that's, I think that's the definition of anxiety is a list, uh, a growing list of illogical fears that, like, turn into phobias. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't jacked off in, like, a week and a half. <laughs> And like it's probably dry down it, there. It by keep now. it well. No, it's, it's probably like a dam, <laughs> just waiting to just go everywhere. Um, but so we, we do have a we sweet have, Jesus <laughs> semen, Jake. Yeah, no, gotcha. No, we we <laughs> we, we gotcha. I don't understand. Why you don't get it. Yep. <sighs> you see, when you tug on your wings. No, okay, good, <laughs> good, good, good. Thank you. All right, but this is a wrestling show. Um, we have a ton to talk about. Oh, to answer your question, Jake, I think I'm going to do Sonic. I'm going to do the wings after work. Sonic has wings now. Yeah, dude. Boneless Monday or, through bone in or boneless, boneless Monday through. Th- Thursday after five o'clock, it's buy one get one too. So I got a question: What is the difference between a boneless wing and a chicken nugget? Nothing. That, Absolutely nothing. I think nuggets are formed. I don't think that uh, boneless wings are formed. You telling me that no two boneless wings look alike? Yeah, but then McDonald's, you got the round ones. You got the ones with like the <laughs> right. built-in scooper. Yeah, they're you got, all shaped. Yeah, you, you got the boot. The round, and yeah, the, yeah, the and boot that obviously everybody yeah. does the same thing with the boot. They scoop yep. with the boot. Yep, the round and then the arrowhead. Yeah, the triangle. Uh, the, there's a triangle. Mm-hmm. Is that like the Indian shooting the star on the? <laughs> <laughs> you get a free nugget every time. Free nugget. Pay up, grimace, you son of a bitch. I remember <laughs> when I was a kid too. I would go into Tom Thumb and be like, "Check it out," and they'd be like, "Okay." We don't know. We don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, and you're like, it means we get a free one. And they're like, no, that's on most of them, don't you? Yeah, know? that's like, if, that was great in like 1960. Like, that's not going to work. That was today. like a myth, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, 
What's what's our three count tonight? I'd love to hear like somebody fucking going bankrupt because of that Indian shooting the star. They kept coming in and coming in and (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back back to business. You are listening to Ring General Radio. It is the nineteenth of October. We gotta think Halloween, you know. Uh, one thing in adulthood that has bothered me is fall what what, let's just go around the bend. Favorite season? Uh it's spring. Spring, I mean, spring or fall? I actually I, spring, dirty. I'd say fall. I mean, we don't get mucky, nearly enough uh, fall here. Then can't like, fall down on the grass because it's full of mud and shit. Puddles. But it's, and, it's a break from the goddamn winter. I don't mind winter at all. At all. Um, I'm not the biggest fan. Fall is the greatest. I think every time I've courted a girl, it's been in the fall. Huh. So that's kind of what I associate it to. Plus, like, the smell, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fall's got, like, a particular smell. Just kind of like winter has a smell. Leaves are falling and whatnot. Yeah, all that crap. So, um, I did it again. Guys, what was I talking about? I, I We were talking about what our three count is. Tonight. Oh, yeah, three count. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got onto the... See, the thing is about fall, (laughs) what the hell? I got to get back in the swing. Three count is as a child. Now, we're going 15 and under. 15 and younger, which is, for for us, it's a different era. Yeah, it's a very different era. And for me, I would say some of my greatest match memories are well under the age of 10. Yeah. And I I have them vividly in my head. So uh, I'm very excited to do that. So so our three count is... Favorite, maybe most, let's just say most memorable matches that you still love, but as a child, they, let's say, may have hooked you. Right. You know? Um, So we got that going on. We also have a whole lot to talk about. We've had uh, No Mercy, uh, the pay-per-view, which was not this Sunday, but this past Sunday. Um, And... uh, I'd like to share some some uh, topics on that. Now, I will say this. Uh, because of the uh, lackadaisical approach, I lost my... <laughs> so, I, I lost my wallet. I don't know if you are there for all that, Jake. Yep, I was. Yeah, I panicked. Uh, but let's be honest. I was... <laughs> I was a little, uh, I was a little out of it, but uh, I lost my wallet. Turns out it was on my bed. Um, but somebody convinced me, like, "Oh, call and cancel all your cards." This is before I even looked, and they sent me two cards, and I had the hardest time. So I only got my Hulu turned on like this afternoon. So I did not get to see Raw or SmackDown. So I'm gonna help. I'm gonna. I, I hear something big happened on Raw. Nope. And I'm gonna I'm gonna count on you guys to kind of help me out there, but I did get to watch No Mercy, and I have plenty of comments there. Um, also, we have uh, our our newest and uh, fastly growing to be our most favorite segment. Although I, I gotta say, I, th- I think if we go three weeks with absolutely nothing. <laughs> I've I've got some ideas around this too. When we okay. talk about it, we yeah. The, the weird thing is, is we started off really well. We like really first, did. First couple. Uh, you think we might subjects? be shooting too high for that star? <laughs> I don't know because uh, we've gotten a, it. Get a free tip without even really it. trying. We've gotten interactions from our, our uh, no tweets barred subject to this week, which yeah. is Hulk Hogan. Um, but 
It didn't didn't look that uh, promising this for any of us so far this week. Jono's still checking and, and probably, I'm, uh, I'm probably he's probably tweet, he's probably tweeting right now <laughs> trying to. I want to throw up our uh, figures of the week. I just I'm not sure on Jim the Anvil Night Hurts. Uh, do you think he has one? I don't know. It's probably a uh, producer. You want to help me out? It's probably uh, at it's Jim Neidhart. At hand me a drink. It's, it's <laughs> at Jim Neidhart. Believe it or not. <laughs> While you're doing that, should we get uh, get dirty? Let's get down and dirty. All right. Alright, so WWE not being one to rest on their laurels have uh, signed three new uh, participants, I guess. Uh, new signings to the Performance Center down in Florida. Do you want to announce he's the right way, Matt? Uh, let's do it. First up! No, no, not yet. Uh, go. First up! From Amsterdam, Tommy Eno. Who? Tommy Eno from Amsterdam. Stubby, come on. Come on, get with it. Okay. Uh, second, <laughs> hailing from Northern Ireland, we have Big Demo. Right? You guys got that? Big Demo. How do you spell Demo, you know? D-A-M-O. That's too close to Jono. It is. Let's uh, let's get him. Patent pending. <laughs> all right, third one. And finally, all the way from Indiana, we have Sarah Bridges. So, uh, three participants uh, coming to the performance center, all of which have at least five year, four or five years of background in the industry. I want to say Eno's been around for. 15, 14 years. Uh, Big Demo's been around for about 10, and Sarah Bridges has about four and a half years under her belt. Um, they all three have already checked in to the Performance Center and are training with the staff. So, more talent to come up through the ranks there down at NXT. Huh. Not, not household names per se, it doesn't sound like, but. Uh, I believe Eno, for one, has been uh, stateside. He's worked with Evolve and uh, a couple other organizations. So, well, More power to him, man. They're in a good spot. Well done. Absolutely. Big Eno. Uh, hey, let's talk about Paige, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, do that. I keep hearing more and more about Paige. Right. So, so t- two weeks. Since we last met, uh, she's been dinged for her second wellness policy violation. And per WWE, this is, quote, an illegal substance violation. Even though Uh, she still claims that it's not. Right. She said it was a painkiller that uh, she was using for her neck. Uh, She has also proposed in a ring to uh, Alberto Del Rio at a Mm -hmm. WWC anniversary show in Puerto Rico. Alberto El Paltrone. Patrone. Something her father isn't too pleased about. And apparently Del Rio is still married to his estranged wife. 
Um, and <laughs> yeah, whoops. Something yeah. tells me legally, maybe it's a Mexican thing. Yeah. Apparently, has gone under or has underwent neck surgery. Uh, I believe that she tweeted out a photo today of her being in the hospital. Something that the WWE didn't think that she needed. Um, so all in all, a nice, uh, nice busy couple of weeks for Miss Beavis or Bevis. How is she going to pay for all this? She's got a sugar daddy. Oh, Patron will it handle comes, it. It comes from money. I mean, shame. you can't imagine that, you know, being who she was, she was getting paid in pennies. So, something tells me. Now, any, uh, like, shot in the dark? I mean, like, so here's something I'm starting to wonder. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, this has got to... Do you think they publish their wellness policy? I, I don't think so. I, I, I guess that uh, that would be something to look into, but... I'm guessing that's probably something that they keep kind of close to the vest as possible. Does any athletic commission? Uh, I mean, now, now granted they're not an athletic commission, but right. does any athletic commission that kind actually of publish that? them from something like that? Huh. Well, th- it's interesting because uh, uh, I have it right here: the abuse and drug testing policy for WWE. Hot diggity! Uh, they've got. I mean, can you? Can you? Where? Where? Where'd you find that? Uh, corporate.wwe.com slash... Can I just do corp? <laughs> slash what we do. Corporateministry.com um, I mean, they there is... There's a shitload on here, man. I mean, look at all this. They've got all these different... This is the one you want to look at? Yeah, number four. Is, is, uh, it sounds like that's where she got dinged. Okay. Um, Those are all performance. See if there's a just like. What do you want me to look for on there? Uh, scroll down. See if there's like illegal substances, not just performance enhancing. Uh, Where are you seeing this? Illegal. Oh, in this section. See anything there, Matt? Might be on the mobile Stay. site. I'm- uh, let me see. Oh, so narcotics. There we go. Now we're getting to the good stuff. List of prohibited drugs. Narcotic. Uh, ooh, the non-medical use of drugs belonging to this class, including but not limited to heroin, morphine, and or its chemical and pharmaceutical analogs and related compounds is prohibited. Additional codeine and codine. Based combinations, including those over the counter in some countries, are considered prohibited drugs if taken for a non medical use. So, the interesting thing here, and I'm thinking back to uh, Adam Rose, is that for purpose of this, so right in the beginning, uh, the purpose of this policy, the phrase non medical use, shall mean use of a drug by WWE talent for other than a legitimate medical purpose. Given to pers- fucking twenty nine years old, and this is the <laughs> first time I can't pronounce such a simple word. Scroll up to the top, Jake. Uh, the very top, number number one, number two, non medical use. Number two, non medical use. Pursuant. 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 Uh, You're looking pursuant. for pursuant. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say pursuant. Uh, given persuant to a valid prescription from a licensed and treating position. Now, isn't that almost negating Adam Rose's um, Adderall use? 
I guess it would depend on uh, what uh, what the affliction was that he was using it for. Like if it was something that WWE deemed a, an actual thing or if it's just something that maybe he was getting for just kind of something like you. Like maybe just not not saying that your, your uh, afflictions are anything to sneeze at, but just general anxiety or something like that. Yeah, and I mean uh, the uh, the Adderall is a, is a let, let's be honest, right? It's a stimulant. Well, first and foremost, it's a stimulant. It's uh, so let me let me put it to you this way. Um, you know how every every pill that you take, every prescription has like your, for instance, alprazolam. Anybody know what alprazolam is? No mm-hmm. idea. Xanax. Right? But you've heard Xanax. Yep. Right? Do you know, like, so Adderall, that's the Xanax name. Do you know what it says when you on the bottle? Shit. <laughs> I could probably show you guys. <laughs> because I take Adderall, and I it helps me a ton with, uh, you know, work and whatnot. I... I don't, because I do clerical work. I do office work. And that, you know, and I get it for school, you know, and stuff like that. But I personally don't understand how Adderall would help you focus in a physical contest. But, (laughs) Matt, read what that says. Where where am I reading? The, The, The bold on the top. Amphetamine salt combo. Okay. So there's no mistaking what Adderall is. It's amphetamines. Yeah, that it is. Um, and I was actually, the first time I was prescribed that, which was years ago, I was <laughs> I, I looked at it I and I was like... I think this is right. I was like, are you... Sh- what? How much do you want for this? <laughs> and like, insurance says 277 And I'm like, $2,777? <laughs> Let me see what I can do. You know, and uh, it just ended up being like that's they don't bullshit around. There's no there's no name for it. I always thought that was funny, but so it, I'm reading on the substance violation here too, and for positive drug tests other than marijuana and alcohol, first violation is 30 days, second violation is 60 days, third violation is termination. See, and the craziest thing is like benzodiazepines which is also something that like i use to control anxiety is also on here so what if you are a professional wrestler that and it everything starts with the non-medical use so do you think perhaps they found i don't know if there's i wonder and i wonder too if if this is something that you need to go in front of actually taking the substance to the wwe and get it cleared I think that would probably be the best idea. Say, hey, I was prescribed this. Is it okay? Right. Versus um, having it show up in a P test. Right. Because and then that, you're explaining backwards. Exactly. And I think that's this WWE has to take a pretty hard line stance on stuff like that so that it can't, it can't just keep happening. But one thing that rem- that it kind of reminds me of is the, uh, the death of Brian Adams' crush. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he died from an... And this is the craziest thing, but it was not an overdose. It was just a bad mixture because, right. uh, like, uh, the benzodiazepines, you are not meant to mix with anything. You could take hundreds of them and probably be fine, but if you mix it with a shot of alcohol yeah. or a painkiller, 
there's a pretty good chance you're going to die. Right. That's, um, that's true for quite a few things. I, I know like you, you're mentioning those, like psychotropic uh, kind of stuff to help with uh, mental disorders. Yep. The, it's not something... They're definitely not something you want to mix, but the interesting thing is that uh, I remember reading about uh, his death, and it had said that he just took some, fell asleep on the couch, never woke up, and the autopsy showed that they were therapeutic doses. They weren't yeah. overdoses. So... Um, it's dangerous shit, you know. Um, and then obviously, if you misuse the, uh, you know, any type of stimulant, that leads to some requiem for a dream type shit. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's crazy because they, I would definitely. Jake, can you put a link of this on our Twitter? Yeah, because it's it's very long, almost to the point where I don't blame any wrestler. So observation. So they can even testing. So they have reasonable suspicion testing. Yeah, did you read that? And they can test hair. Which, <laughs> like, one thing I've heard is that, like, pee, you can get past. Blood, maybe. Saliva, sure. Hair, ain't no fucking way. Right, and I think that's most, I, I, I'm guessing, that's the, the place where you're going to catch most of, like, your marijuana use. Your THC is, is for what, whatever it, it means, is gets trapped in your hair follicles easiest but it doesn't sound like that's the biggest uh kind of strike against people in the wwe any longer is uh, is the is the marijuana which is understandable i think if, if you're looking at uh pain relievers in the real world i think marijuana is probably one of your safest bets um, and it says here that marijuana will get you a 2500 dollar fine so Wow! Still not the uh, the greatest thing, especially when you're you're essentially just hired help. Well, and so I was going through the reasonable uh, the reasonable suspicion tests. Yeah, I was looking at that just now too. Signs of red or droopy eyes, dilated or constricted pupils, slurred speech, stumbling or hyperactivity, needle marks, repeatedly unexplained disappearances from WWE event or WWE scheduled performance. Uh, some of these two uh, violent tendencies, loss of temper or irritability, uh, extreme personality change or mood swings, uh, aromas on or about the breath, body, or clothes. <laughs> so one kind of, uh, from what I've been hearing, kind of in the... Uh, Deteriorating yeah. personal hygiene or appearance. Oh, shit, Luke Harper's fucked. <laughs> and the IWC, for whatever this means, it sounds like Paige has kind of uh, brought this on herself. Like, the, the reason, it's entirely reasonable that she would have fallen within one, of, one or more of those categories that you just kind of read through. Hmm. Um, there was kind of talk about her being caught up in a drug ring. This, well, is, this is all unofficial. Kind she of is already. dating a Mexican, <laughs> um, and that she had some uh, some unpaid kind of dues to take care of. Uh, whatever that means, uh, yeah. It's, regardless, it's this sucks because Paige was ex- extraordinary talent, um, and at this point, you just basically want her to come out of this being all right. Fingers crossed, man. Good luck, girl. Um, does anybody have any idea as to what it is? 
My guess would be nose candy. Because um, uh, the one thing I do know, and I'm, I don't partake myself because um, it's you can die from it pretty easily. Um, and that just doesn't... I feel like even if I would enjoy something like that, like if you ate a cheeseburger and somebody told you, like, yeah, if you have two more of those, you're probably going to end up dead. Would you enjoy that first bite? Yeah. <laughs> I would go nuts on that cheeseburger, man. Um, it reminds I would stop after one and three quarters, though. It reminds me of, like, the, you guys watch Eastbound and Down, where, yeah. where uh, the principal's telling Kenny Powers, apparently Coach Booth uh, died from taking too many of the pain meds they gave him for his back. <laughs> and then Kenny Powers is like, oh, shit, you can die from that? <laughs> and uh, it's just little things like that. Like, I, I don't mind... You know, feeling good here and there, but I'm certainly not about to die for uh, six hours of a good time or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, pass. Jeez. rules rules apply depending on your status, I guess. I, weird, interesting. Say. That's that's yeah, coming straight from Paige. Um, you guys got any uh, other news? Uh, come find us at Raw on Monday night. That this mo- that's this Monday. Yeah, exciting. Minneapolis. Yep, uh, yep. Brock Lesnar gonna be there. Oh man, maybe even Goldberg. Whoa, whoa. We'll get into that later as well. I got uh, I got one more thing. Got some TNA numbers. Um, well, you hold on to your asses because we'll get there. You shut your so fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may think Paige had issues, but wait till you hear about TNA. Uh, oh, just Jesus. the last week or so. I would be ripped every day going in there. A litany of lawsuits are being reported to be taking place against Impact Ventures and its subsidiaries. Uh, one is being filed by Billy Corgan himself for yeah! uh, apparently un- being not paid. Despite all his rage. Uh, another from Audience of One who apparently uh, funded several Impact episodes and Abound for Glory in 2015. And another is from American Express Travel, uh, who says that TNA has not paid them for over $200,000 worth of travel expenses. Mm. Um, The uh, speculation now is that the company would take the old Donnie Trump route and file for bankruptcy to absolve their debts. Jesus. Uh, that said, there are still scheduled TV tapings in January. Von Miller, we're bitter rivals. Oh, we're arch enemies, shit. Cam. But there is one thing that can bring us together. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> clothes! What are you <laughs> watching over happening? there? Is that me? That's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming from it's coming from the Bleacher Report here. Oh, so uh, I've given some free advertisements. Uh, let's get to those numbers then. Uh, we talked raw briefly. Uh, this last week saw the return of Goldberg. Uh, they jumped up to a 3.130, uh, up from a 2.758 the week before prior. Damn. Uh, SmackDown down slightly 2.405 from 2.448. All right. Uh, so not this... Last week, but the week prior's impact was 305,000 viewers. What did they get last week? 330. 
I'm going to say even three one more time. Jono, you got this one. You are closer. Uh, uh, the number is 284. Wow. So I believe Jesus. this is the second or third lowest uh, number that they've posted since they've gone to pop television. That's a huge hit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, unreal. So there you have it. TNA. Um, I got one more little tidbit. Um is that it would appear that Paige is actually undergoing neck surgery. Do we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Just Learn. briefly. I didn't I didn't uh, get the results. I didn't uh, I don't know if you have them there if they, it was a success. It looked like it was a success cuz Del Rio brought her flowers and shit. Oh, as she reported on her were Twitter. They, were they poppies? They were black. They were poppies. Yep. Uh, they look like pot leaves. <laughs> Uh, Bubba Ray is actually teasing a, uh, a return to the company as they had their final, the, the, the Dudley Boys had their final match uh, back in August. Um, the question is, uh, do you think Bubba Ray uh, could do it on his own? He did, he, it, he did, he did it on his own in TNA. He was like one of the top guys in TNA, wasn't oh, he? Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, the leader run. of the, uh, the deuces and the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, you want to... I'm just going to put my... Oh. Nothing like putting your feet up, man. You ever get that? Like, I can't not put my feet up, dude. I do my do that shit at work and... <laughs> Help you kick off your shoes there, too. All right. Um, that's all I got, man. You got right. no more? Let's, let's, uh, let's end it there. Let's end it there. Start talking wrestling. Well, uh, fresh off the heels of our dirt sheets, we have plenty. Three count countdown. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna get there. Plenty, okay. plenty more stuff to talk about. But yeah, Jake is getting antsy, so let's go for our three count countdown. <laughs> Okay, three count this evening brought to you by America's Sonic. <laughs> uh, pull in, get yourself a Coney Dog and some Tater Tots, along with any number of their freshly squeezed lemonades. Um, but uh, this, this week... <laughs> better get me some free wings tonight. This, this week we are talking about... We all grew up wrestling fans, right? And I know we some did. people got on the train a little late, but I was a wrestling fan since before I have memories. Yeah. And I will tell you, uh, actually, I don't want to. I don't want to say this right now because I believe one of them is actually in your three count. All but right. um, we, I, I, Matt hasn't seen mine. I've seen just one of Matt's because I was driving. And that's dangerous. <laughs> Um, Perfect. But uh, matches that you enjoyed, we, we yeah, put yeah. the rule pre-age 15. 15 and younger. So. I have a feeling, in fact, I'm sure that all of mine are coming prior to the age of 10. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I had some kind of teenage moments in mind, but uh, we'll start here. So for you, what date range would this be? Uh, so I was born in 79, and I was 15, obviously, in 94, so... Mine, yeah. mine is uh, eighty seven to two thousand two. Yeah. Ooh, 
Um, but I so think we did have some crossover. But uh, yeah, like you said, you were probably not too aware of probably about the time range that I was getting into it pretty heavily. So. No, no, no. I, I I don't think I would be. But um, yeah, I remember little moments here and there. But most of my, I want to say, all of mine come pri- pre ninety five. Really? Actually, like before I was even. Shit, what was that, seven, eight? Mm-hmm. Before I was eight years old, wow. God damn. So, um, and I remember these vividly. So, Matt, do you want to get us started? I'll get us started. All right. All right, my first count this evening uh, is funny enough that it happened on my birthday uh, in 1991, a Superstars episode uh, showcasing Earthquake and Jake Roberts. Is this... Are we going to talk about what happened? To <laughs> we are. are going to talk about what happened to Damien. Okay. Uh, so this is kind of the uh, the first real match that actually took place, and it really didn't even evolve too much into a match. Uh, they had an inter- They had a matchup before this that uh, was ended because Jake took out Damien, and the referee disqualified him for it. Um, basically, this whole thing started because Jake understood that the earthquake was scared of snakes. Because Jake the Snake is an asshole. Um, And uh, in this match, what happened is, uh, I believe Jimmy Hart uh, took out the referee and Earthquake then uh, tied up Jake Roberts into the ropes. And what can be more, uh, more difficult to escape than being tied up in the ropes? He took uh, the bag containing Damien threw it in the middle of the ring, and proceeded to give it two earthquake splashes, um, essentially kayfabe killing Damien. We all know now that what was in the bag were pantyhose full of hamburger meat. And that's cool. That's a cool idea because then you can really give it a smush. <laughs> this is great. The, uh, the, uh, the footage we are showing here in studio has it cutting as the, uh, the earthquake splash is happening. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it was one of those moments like, holy shit, he, he killed Damien. Yeah, you know? right? But then he came back, didn't he? He came back with a new... He came back with Lucifer. Lucifer. I remember Lucifer was the white snake, right? And I remember Jake showing me it. Was it Lucifer, I think, was a bigger... bigger Bigger, just regular. It was. It was, uh, it was who was the white snake? Uh, Leviticus <laughs> <laughs> reparations. Uh, Jack Daniels or Jose Cuervo? His name was D- Kyle. DDP. <laughs> DDP. That's what it was. Um, so yeah, this was one of those like things where like this moment, kind of like holy hell, what the. Uh, you know, you're you're a fan of Jake the Snake Roberts because he used the snake as like a weapon. And what do you do when that weapon is basically, and it's a living weapon too. Um, you know, what would somebody do if they uh, they bagged up uh, what's Coco Beware's? <laughs> they bagged up Frankie, 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 Frankie in a bag and like just wailed it on the mat. Dude, Frankie was a worker. You ain't gonna <laughs> bag up Frankie. To uh, uh, albino Bernie's Burmese python named Revelations, Revelations was the white one. Was that during his nineties run? His late nineties run. That was when he came back. Yep. So yeah, I, I, that's that's my one count. I just the, the memory of uh, seeing Damien get squished in the middle of the ring. 
Dude, that's brutal. That's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> hey, let's start there. There's only one way to go from here. Well, I have uh, what do you got? I have um, a classic uh, that as a kid, I I just I, I am still a huge Owen Hart fan. You know, right. and uh, the Owen Hart DVD, um, even though it made me cry like a ton, um, it uh, I, I, the match I'm talking about is Owen Hart versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. 10. Um, and the reason I love this match is for one, one being brothers, two having similar but different styles. Yeah. Because Owen Hart is definitely, and if you want to watch Owen Hart, I would say I don't want to say at his best, but if you want to see Owen Hart, what he can really do, you go back to Stampede Wrestling, um, and you can even go get that Owen Hart DVD, and you'll see him do some stuff that like we've only seen last year, and it blew our mind. Um, I was always a fan of Owen Hart's attire, but the biggest thing about this match that absolutely. Um, made me love it was the finish and Bret Hart is known for doing these kind of quick gotcha type finishes well if you remember seeing the uh, how he beat Piper at Wrestlemania 8 exactly he had, that, that's not that's like the second time he had done that too mm-hmm. um, but I used to play wrestling figures with my action figures and I didn't have enough wrestling figures because Jake was extremely selfish with them <laughs> Can I, can I play with your Akeem? No, you may not. No, I got an Akeem for I got an Akeem. That's I got like three figures for Christmas, and it was Jake got like thirty, <laughs> and he, I, he refused. Instead of like even playing with them himself, he would just like huddle around them <laughs> and like not let me touch them. I was fucking blown away by that. It's a no holds barred, bitch. But it was a victory roll by Bret Hart. In which Owen Hart, um, and I'm sure we'll see it here, right here, boom, Owen Hart stops him, and then just almost like a perfect pinning combination. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart was uh, fully conscious and everything. I, uh, when I was playing uh, with my wrestling figures, there was, <laughs> oh man, so I had a, you remember that, you know, you guys know what Double Dragon is? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I had a Double Dragon figure, and he was like the leader of my league. <laughs> and I also had an Aliens figure. Never seen Aliens. And on his shirt it said No Bugs, so like, what better name to give him than No Bugs? Made no sense. But uh, nobody has ever beaten Double Dragon except for No Bugs, and it was with that pinning combination. <laughs> um to this day, it's never. I I would even like do replays. I'd be like, let's go back and see how it happened. <laughs> and then he like, moved the figures just a little bit slower. Yep. <laughs> and I, it was. Uh, oh man, I gotta tell you, that was that's it, the match itself. And if I mean, the entire match is phenomenal. Yeah, I was uh, I was chatting online with a buddy of mine, Sean. I think uh, I know Stubby. You've met him. I don't know if you've. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for um, the invite. <laughs> um, but. Uh, he was he was kind of going through the other day, and he's got the network, and he's like, "Just give me something to watch." And I'm like, "Dude, watch WrestleMania 10." The show, like the ending, is is kind of bittersweet, but uh, the show, I mean, it's highlighted by that match. The what's wrong with the end of WrestleMania 10? It's the uh, Hogan. That was nine. That was nine. Was nine. Or was that was it? nine. WrestleMania 10, I thought all around was awesome, but like it gets knocked for being one of the worst WrestleManias, and I don't know why. 
Um, I think it was just because Luger was there. Everybody hates Lex Luger. Not at that time. Sure. All right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um. So yeah, that is my count one, and I'm, yes. I'm proud to say it. Yes, That's sir. Work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, week in wrestling. Kind of a busy week, huh? Actually, two weeks to cover. Well, let me let me start with my thoughts. Uh, let me just pull up the card here um, because I did um, last night. Finally, got caught up. Got my bills paid and shit. Um, and I watched uh, No Mercy. Um, and I think we'll agree on a lot of this. Um, but uh, th- so first of all, thoughts on the SmackDown brand. And, and how it's coming along. I, I was talking with the boys from All Things Wrestling Radio. Um, yeah, you do realize sorry. that you're a part of this show first, Jake. Why don't you hold off? Because it was a super show. Thank you. Um, and they made kind of a good point when they were talking about how uh, Raw seems like more of the dramatic show. And SmackDown seems like more of the wrestling show. Well, I'm gonna. I'm, I'll agree with that to a point. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I, I think what I would kind of caution you on is the the whole Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton arc is is that's the one drawback I have with SmackDown right now is that kind of bullshit kind of stuff that they're trying to play off as supernatural and. Sister if, Abigail. If they're man. not, if they're not outwardly saying he's the next Undertaker, I don't know what they're doing. Because Sister Abigail. He, so you know you what better, I think. You better watch it, Matt. You're going to get caught. <laughs> what I think would be. I'm uh, less scared of uh, Bray Wyatt than I am, or than Jono is of New Jack. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh shit! I ain't scared of New Jack, man. <laughs> if if I honestly, me and him, toe to toe, somebody's just got to check his pockets first. <laughs> And I swear to God, I will beat the shit out of that old man. And I'd love to see what he's going to do about it without a trash can full of, like a a shopping cart full of home appliances that he's going to beat the shit out of me with. Um, The same thing with like Abdullah the Butcher. I would would pants that motherfucker and beat the shit out of him. Don't get any blood on you. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so let's, let's run it down. Hype bro. So we got a, uh, uh, prelim. Yeah. Probably like pre-show match. Hype bros and American alpha defeat the Ascension and the VOD villains. Um, four tag team, well, three tag teams that were once great. Um, and the hype bros did have some momentum. Um, American alpha is obviously, they are going to be the ones to ascend. Yeah, they're going to they're going to anchor that division for quite some time. Um I think and I hate to say it but the ascension um I don't think it'll be too long before we hear these guys are getting cut. Um the Vod villains unless something changes with these guys, um I would agree with them. The Hype Bros, I think they can still get more out of Mojo Raleigh. Um, and then Zack Ryder proved that uh, people will be behind him if you book him right. Right. Um, but uh, Hype Bros and American Alpha take this victory in a nine-minute match. The thing that surprised me is the first match being the title match. Now, here's one thing. like Going back to what you were saying, Matt, about Robbie and the, uh, the dramatic show, um, 
I you have to show snippets and, and, and clips and here and there. But AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, and John Cena all entered the ring. And then they showed the 15 minutes worth of hype. And then they went back to the ring and they performed what I felt was a subpar match. I don't know if I would go that far. Um, I didn't like the finish. But I thought the match was all right. I thought... And I know the reason they put them on first is because they were going up against the presidential debate that night. So they didn't want to lose the viewers uh, to that and and have their title match not be seen. Um, it's it's not it's not up to their what they've been putting on for triple threat matches in the last few years. I would say that it's not living up to, or it didn't live up to those standards. But I thought it was I thought it was an enjoyable match enough, but. A chair shot to the back should not finish anybody. Oh, unless they're actually going to consistently do that now. Yeah, they got to keep that going. And I would say my my gripe with Dean Ambrose is that save for, I'd say, 20% of his moves, none of them seem to have any impact to them. Do you guys agree at all? Yep. I'd say his stuff comes off like he's, like, honestly, like a diva. Like a, like, a, like a diva's wrestler. Not a women's wrestler, but like a diva's wrestler. Butterfly belt wearing bastard. Yep. Um, and then John Cena, like, talk about calling shit in the ring. I watched and heard everything he called in the ring, and some of it just seemed disjointed and out of place, and I think the only person that kind of brought it together was was AJ Styles. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been the glue for SmackDown for a since the since the brand split, and another thing that bothered me is that there's like triple threat rules, no DQ, and I'm like, I don't remember no DQ ever being like an oh, really? automatic stipulation for triple threat. It has to be, yeah. Why? How are you gonna How are you gonna do it otherwise? There's three guys in the ring, and Quesos. they have to obey all the other rules, <laughs> right? But if one guy gets, you can't just disqualify one guy. Does the, that make the other two winners? That's basically what happened in this match. <laughs> no. You had two winners and they restarted the match. So which, I mean, which I thought that was dumb. Like you get two winners and well, they, they restart they the match. They didn't stop the match. The referee did not stop the match. No, but at the same time, if you're a referee, didn't the bell ring? The bell rang, but he didn't call for it. If you, if you go back and watch it, he waved oh, it off. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I so, okay, that's fair. But um, at the same time, the double submission thing, if I was a ref, I'd be like, no, both of you get off. <laughs> like, what do you th- like? And if I was John Cena, what the fuck are you thinking? Don't you see Dean Ambrose there? And he was there first, so technically Ambrose should have gotten the victory. And I, I mean, I, I'm just, things like that that make me question the logic of something so illogical. Right. You know, um, so I honestly like, and I've been critical of, of watching Cena, especially Ambrose, because like, I just don't, I mean, Ambrose has the ability to lay it in and be there at the right time, but um, he's just, I don't see him as being a top guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Like, I think he, I think we brought this up maybe last time i think he's better on the prowl like right now he's he's doing pretty well like I, i'm enjoying his work kind of not being the championship holder 
um, but being a guy that's around it. And if, if that's his role, um, that's fine. Just you keep somebody strong with the strap. You got AJ Styles, who is obviously head and shoulders above everybody else in that company right now. Um, And yeah, I mean, Ambrose is playing kind of that wise ass kind of guy that, uh, that is getting people riled up and getting people kind of engaged in the, in the show. And I think that's kind of where his sweet spot is. Okay. Jake, any thoughts on this match? Uh, yeah, I thought it was dumb with the double submission, and then no, it's not a submission. Uh, they should have kept Styles out of that match and then continued it with Ambrose and uh, and Cena. I thought Cena should have gone over. To be honest, I wouldn't have mind one more time with him being champ. But I think well, you got to remember that like this is when Cena wins the title next time. That is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he is not, I mean, maybe not even a big deal as much as if they want him to surpass Ric Flair's record. Yeah. Um, but I feel like John Cena winning the title, this would not be the place of the setting. No, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I would, I'm ready to see him take that belt. I'm, you know, I'm ready for him to move on. Uh, and then that brings us to Nikki Bella defeating Carmella. Next. Yeah, I I totally agree. There's not much I have to say other than the fact that Nikki Bella had ring rust and kind of a pot. Uh, Carmella did the best she could, but this is this was not a women's match to me. This was a divas match. I think call. I think that's the best way to put it for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, and then then this is one of my favorites of the night. Heath Slater and Rhino defeated the Usos. I'm really, really happy that they're finally giving Slater the shot that he deserves. I was the only one that called this the win on this uh, show. Yeah, you're right. You I, did. I think Heath Slater, once you – I mean, like, I think Heath Slater's hot tags were awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought – one thing I really liked is when when you're backing somebody up, it's always jabs. Yep. Um, or it's always like a, a right hands, right hands. Heath Slater, I love how he alternates hands when he's backing somebody up to the rope. So one, three-time two, Golden Gloves champion, one, two, and I think that's that's actually really cool. I loved the spot with the power, with the genuine power slam mm-hmm. uh, off the top rope. I thought that was very badass. And uh, no, I'm a Heath Slater fan. I think it's nice he's to got see kids. What, He's got, got kids. kids. It's nice to see what he can finally do. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, did anybody, anybody catch the uh, spear that uh, I want to say Nikki Bella gave Carmella? Yeah. God, was that shit. <laughs> that was the drizzly shits. Um, and what about Uso's new look and attitude? It's th- well overdue. Uh, I think that... Th- I mean, they haven't had a consistent look since they turned heel, right? No, it's a little black, and there was a lot of uh, like like earthy colors, you know, like fall colors <laughs> with the jeans. So John was probably on board. Um, <laughs> I would I would I say that <laughs> I would say that they pick something and then stick with it. I, I dig their new kind of direction. Um, it's, it's been something a long time coming because they play heels really well. Um, yeah, you know, I like the thug kind of, you know, I, I kind of dig it. I, I do. Uh, I hope that they continue to differentiate themselves 
Although the the T-shirt he was wearing, that kind of was skin toned. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. I think you right. could maybe add some some ring gear into that or something like that. You know, maybe like a Seth Rollins type shirt that he wears out. That's a little bit more form fitting, a little bit more flattering. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think yeah, turning the Usos heel is is not a terrible idea. Uh, Baron Corbin defeats Jack Swagger in seven minutes and thirty seconds. This match, I thought, was uh, was pretty good about how it harkened back to the body part isolation. Yeah, um, and it was something unique because it was a hand. And then I'm thinking, like, well, you know, my hand hurts sometimes. I'm, I'm not. It's not going to affect my shoulders. Um, but, but it's going ha- to have an impact your finisher. Yep. And it's I thought that was lock. I thought that was very slick. Um, I've always been a Baron Corbin fan. The one thing about Baron Corbin is his entrance in NXT was so much more impactful. It's because it's a smaller venue. You think so? Because yeah. so, it, like, one thing is like they don't rush the white lights on him. Mm-hmm. Like when the when the music play the music. Baron Corbin's okay. yeah. <laughs> So Get I love music. I love the walking through the spotlights and standing in one, and then it goes dark, and then well, at the top of the ramp, didn't all the spotlights come to him? Well, no, there was there was he would walk through. So he'd walk through one like during this point, he would be walking through spotlights that were static, and then when he got to the last one, they would all kind of disappear behind him, and then the last one, he would stand there and put his head down. And then it would go off right now, and then boom, like the entire, and then like you have the cameraman like rushing to him as he like lifts up his arms and does like the, I'm Baron Corbin, I'm here. Um, Check out my sweet vest. It seems so watered down. And uh, that's why the Ascension couldn't get away with theirs either, man. It's just because it wasn't, it's a bigger venue. Yeah, but the, the Ascension, all they had to do was be out there mm-hmm. and then stand up into the camera. You yep. can still pull that off, I yeah, Except you look weird in front of this giant crowd standing up in front of the camera. Yeah, but th- the camera is right on them. You don't see the crowd. That's weird. You know nothing of production. <laughs> um, so all in all, I'll, I, I actually thought that match was pretty decent. Dolph Ziggler defeated The Miz with Maurice. I saw that coming. We did. What did you guys think of the match itself? This was the second longest match at yeah. 19 minutes and 42 seconds. The I mean, the Miz. Miz held his own. I love the Miz as of. I think he's doing great recently. That's because you watched all of his real world world race challenges. <laughs> Every single one of them. When he freaks out, yeah, and becomes the Miz. Coral. No, it was a. It Bitch. was an excellent match. Um, I don't think this is going to end up being the match of the year like they were talking about afterwards but told a good story in the ring um i mean dolph ziggler did we any of us really see him leaving the wwe no i thought it would be a very cool concept to repackage him i thought it would have been a phenomenal that would have pissed me off a phenomenal way you really yeah i think it would have been a phenomenal way to take a, a talent who has um. Well, let's just take a look. How old is Dolph Ziggler? You ask. He is thirty-six years old. So 
he has time left in his career. He is easily one of the best in-ring performers there is. Um, don't you think it's time to repackage him as something else? He doesn't seem to know what his gimmick is. I get he's a show-off, but the 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 shout at the devil. Like I like that song. Eh, not really, but I I, <laughs> I just uh, maybe that's just some of him starting to come through, and then creative having their own spin. I just. What is his character? He's a show off. He's an underdog. He's a. I I honestly, when he came out and I was looking at his Titan Tron and looking what he was wearing, I was just thinking like, Are you still with AJ Lee or like you know what I mean? So it's kind yeah. of AJ Lee's style. With well, and the, he has gone from tights to pants. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, some pants like. I will say this. All t- and should we save this for a three-count all-time favorite pant trunks? Yeah. Okay. I like it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Christian. I'm going <laughs> to jot that down. Christian. Because I, I think pant trunks. Number three, Christian. Dash. No, Dawson. Uh, and then Naomi has to fill in for an injured Becky Lynch. And she goes up against Alexa Bliss. I, I was really disappointed in that. I was disappointed in, like, I guess Becky Lynch was legit not able to participate. But the fact that you put Naomi over and that, on, that on the number one even, contender. That upset me even more. Um, and, and we saw this at the previous SmackDown pay-per-view with uh, Bray Wyatt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he was scheduled to fight Randy Orton. And then Orton got hurt. Last second, they replaced him with, with Kane, and Kane and Kane goes went over. over. It was so dumb. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't help. Like when you put them over on your weekly show, which happened this week, you had Alexa Bliss getting a go back against uh, Naomi and got the win. But on a bigger stage, you need your number one contenders mm-hmm. if you want them to be viable to have big wins, right? Yep. And on the same in the same kind of vein, you want somebody that's supposed to be believed as a monster, as somebody that's going to be an eater of worlds, to not run into a sixty-year-old guy that once played a freaking businessman and a lose dent- to him. He also played a dentist. a dentist, right? And he gets beat by him. He's a so. man of many trades, Matt. Does yes, anybody know what uh, what actually happened to Becky Lynch? Uh, I want to say it was an illness, but I think it was a, a, a stomach issue because I showed her at a hospital. Maybe it's, maybe Montezuma's revenge. Mud, yeah, maybe some mud butt. All I'm seeing is that uh, Paige gave her some uh, some bottled water. From she her was she was not medically travels. cleared. So um, this is actually. So I was watching this before work, before one of my. <clears throat> split shifts <laughs> and uh i had to get going at this point but uh did becky uh, who who took this match naomi naomi, naomi took the naomi out. came out as the last minute replacement and went over on alexa bliss um i think naomi is probably one of the most athletic uh performers so i want to say this like uh, we'll we i don't know if we'll get to it or not but 
the match she had with Alexa Bliss last night on SmackDown, she was able to showcase that, and, and the the two of them had a great match. It was much better than their No Mercy match, I'll say mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah, she is a phenomenal in-ring talent. And again, I still have trouble getting past her goddamn new gimmick. That whole what, what, ra- what is the, oh, the new gimmick of the whole day glow raver kind of look? Oh yeah, man! It takes her like eight years to get down to the ring. Yeah, that the, the entrance it's, is too it's long. distracting. So, um, good on them for for getting Naomi relevant again. But come on, she doesn't need all that. No, so. no, no, no. And finally, Bray Wyatt defeats Randy Orton uh, with the return of Luke Harper, uh-huh. even though he was drafted to Raw. That was straight up your call. <laughs> Matt, Matt, was that your call? No. Who, whose call it was, was that? It was your brother's. Yeah, Harper returns, man. And the reason why Harper returns is uh, uh, part of the fact is that Rowan is is injured again. So, heck, Rowan is injured. Therefore, there is no real big Wyatt family deal. So, Harper comes back to help join the family. That's disgusting, Matt. <laughs> what are you drinking? What is that? What is this? It's a spiced vanilla. It's like you Starbucks put hot sauce in it. That, looks, that, that sounds disgusting. It's fine. Oh God. Um, but still, I, I think uh, I didn't get to see the match, so I can't comment on it. My only thing is that. So I have an idea, and it might be outlandish, but it's professional wrestling, guys. Um, Bray Wyatt defeated Randy Orton. That's correct. Which I really like. I, um, I with the help of Luke Harper, it sounds like. Yeah. Yes. Well, so what happened was, you know, of course it, it was, was more of a th- distraction. It was right? the back and forth between the two, and then uh, Wyatt, you know, or Randy Orton was about to take the upper hand. You get the flickering of the lights. They go out. They come back on. Harper's in the ring. Uh, gets distracted, and then he ends up getting put into a Sister Abigail. Night's over. So here's something that I would have done differently with the buildup. Um, I would have... So the uh, the whole thing with Randy Orton and... <laughs> the supernatural thing to me is... Uh, it's been done. And, and it's actually one of them in my favorite matches as a child. There's plenty of supernatural shit going on. <laughs> and there's not a problem, and there's a place for it. It's entertainment. But what I really would have liked is, let's say, two weeks ago. They, didn't, they don't even have two weeks to build a pay-per-view anymore. Shit. No, they have a month, because they stagger yeah. them, right? Yeah. Yep. So I would have said, yeah, like two weeks ago, when Randy locks Bray Wyatt in his own personal... Uh, the container. Rider van. Yeah. Um, it would have been cool as if when Randy was walking out, he left a video camera and said, I know how you like to talk to yourself. And then the like the snippets we would get leading up to the match mm-hmm. would be Bray... I hate to say it, but slowly losing his mind even more, kind of like sitting in solitary confinement. Um, I think that would have been really interesting. It would have added a lot to it. And when match time came, it would have been cool if like the door just kind of opened and like Bray walked out and then went straight to compete. Okay. Instead of, you know, doing 
where they have snippets of him in there talking to himself, kind of freaking out, saying he's talking to his sister Abigail, and then Randy opening the door and him not being there. Yeah, because when once you do that, then you kind of create the illusion that, like, okay, he can disappear. See, I oh, wish they would have been doing that throughout. They've been doing that since he entered. Like the lights will go out, the lights go out, and, and then and then all there. of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Wyatts are in the ring. Yeah, but at the same time, that's you can explain that with logic. The lights went out; they were nearby. They ran in. <laughs> the lights went back on. Yeah, lights went out. They took off. The lights went back on. Exactly, but. How do you explain that he's locked in a storage container and then it opens and oh, he's well, gone? Oh, yeah. What you didn't see was uh, Harper let him out. I just wrote that. Okay. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I Print thought. Print it. Send it so off. So it's really only... I've, I've worked with plenty do of those fully, things you got in my day. Yep, I just wrote it. So are we not a fan of, of, of my thought process there? I mean, I, I, I guess it's... I'm not... <laughs> it's the same, but at the same yeah. time, if he's locked in there by himself... Like, where, how is a camera crew getting in there? That's just what I want to know. If, like, there, was a, there was a GoPro, a GoPro. Up there. Yeah, they just stuck a GoPro in there. Now, are you guys kayfabing me, or is this a shoot? <laughs> this is kayfabe, man. They okay, because GoPro GoPros the don't do audio, dumbass. <laughs> um, You're talking CCTV now. So before we take break, I do want to talk one last thing. Should Sister Abigail actually be seen in the future? No. No. Yes. <laughs> and it should be Mae Young. I think Jesus. I think it would be very cool if she got repackaged. Bray Wyatt was on top, not by Mark Henry. Like holding the title. That's that's incest, man. Ew. There's no place. Listen to my point, boys. <laughs> Or you're both going to get worse than New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is... It'd be would, you have, would you have her be older or younger? I would have her look like the bitch from The Ring. So like Samara from The Ring? Yeah. And be perpetually... How do you remember her first name? <laughs> perpetually young, right? Yeah, she would, she would be young. Uh, you imagine Sister Abigail. I mean, I would like to hear more about... Her story. Yes, I think that like would be a very is. interesting thing, and I think it would be even more interesting if... They did it in a comic book form. Yeah. A graphic novel? Yeah, you guys are way off base here. <laughs> it would be more interesting... It's the Walking Dead Part 3. If there, there was some explanation, and let's say Bray Wyatt had the title, and anybody that went up against him started like seeing her. And it became like, I don't know. It's almost like, I, I, like I, I, when, when Adrian's telling, like, you can't win, you know, see, like I, in Rocky I like, Four. I like, your, I like your thought process. I just don't know how viable it would be and if it would probably come across as cheesy. I really liked the way they booked against the New Day where Xavier Woods was like, you guys are dealing with something you don't See, know. That was great, and until, that was fantastic until they went out to the compound yes, and had and, the fight. And that was stupid. Yes, because there's nothing in my mind in wrestling that's more stupid than grabbing the back of somebody's head without doing anything to their arms and slamming it into something when you can clearly see that their hands and their head doesn't even. Touch. Final deletion. So this goes out to Ken Anderson. Um, 
when I uh, in March when I finally. Uh, By the way, hell of a guy. Met him this weekend. Oh, he's those uh, Ken and uh, Sean Devari are one of the nicest people I've ever met. Speaking of which, Sean Devari's match has already been set for Wrestlepalooza. Oh, you mean Aria? Aria. Sorry, that's what I meant. Fly chic fly. Which, by the way, tickets are on sale for Wrestlepalooza. Was it nine? Mm-hmm. Wrestlepalooza nine, January fifteenth. Uh, Julie is going to be picking up tickets for us. I'm guessing Friday. And who's, now, who's and, us? Us three. Nice. And now back to Jono with uh, what Ken Anderson should do. Um, I'm just saying, like, if I hate it when people get ran into posts. And they're off the mark a little bit, but they put their hands out and their hands hit, and then they hold their head. Um, I think that you should put your hand right here and run into your forearm, and that would make so much more sense. And I don't think it would hurt at all. Okay. So I think I think what you – I mean, a lot of this is just placating to your audience, right? You're just You're supposed to give the illusion – that you're running your head into that, right? Exactly. It's supposed to look like that. And people sitting in the front row, but like, yeah, for like instance, when... people sitting in the 30th row that can't tell the difference. When Carmella um, did the uh, the stun gun onto the guardrail of Nikki Bella, you could clearly see that she hit her ribs. What did Nikki Bella sell when she landed on the ground? Her face. Her neck. Mm. which is what a stun gun is supposed to hit. Whiplash. Um, and I just, I think that it's one of those things that it's, and Moro Ranallo is so good at calling what he sees. Mm-hmm. He won't say like, oh, um, he got him right in the jaw. He'll be like, almost got all of that. one. You know, like he'll he'll compensate for it so that he's not commentating on what should have happened. Yeah. he's con- it's, it's, it's like that old rule when you want to become a really good, really good at drawing. Don't draw what you know is there. Draw what you see. Yeah. You know? So um that's uh that that's my final take. Do you guys have anything else on No Mercy twenty sixteen? No, nah, man, I think we should jump into our break. Let's take a little break. Um over the break we're gonna pay homage to one of the greatest who ever lived, and then when we come back we will hit you with some more wrestling. Count two and three, and then our famous no tweets bard.
This is Shoes from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to Ring General Radio on the 4D Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody. Ring General Radio coming to you live from New Thompson Home Studio in Coon Rapids, Minnesota. No birthdays this week, boys. What? No. How about deaths? Anybody die? No. Well, May Young died. Yeah, she did. I remember that. Rest in peace, May. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. This Sorry. Is one of my, this is one of the successful portions of the show that I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, man. Uh, 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 none, of, none of that garbage. Uh, raw this week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you guys are going to have to help me out because, um, like I said, I only got Hulu paid up today and uh, got home from work, sat down, got up, came here. So the there, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it here. But uh, one of the other kind of major storylines going on is the uh, the possible fracturing of the the best friends, right? The uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are starting to see some uh, some little cracks forming uh, due to outside interference from Mick Foley. Um, if you guys got to listen to uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, what would have been probably weeks and weeks and weeks ago but uh kevin owens was on there yeah he was and, good on there and they uh they did discuss uh i'll say a few I, i'd say go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it all right i listened to it on the way here actually but yeah that that gimmick uh the best friends gimmick and basically anything jericho has done in the last six eight months has been just gold and uh, you're on the list, man. That uh, that catch line has uh, has taken hold for sure. Um, but obviously, the biggest news to come from Monday night uh, was advertised kind of all over the place. Uh, he was on Sports Center, yeah, last week, last Wednesday. Uh, but Bill Goldberg made his WWE return. Was it twelve years WrestleMania? Twelve years. 20? Yep. Um, since his last appearance, and of course that match, who could forget uh, the shit stopper uh, between he and Brock Lesnar? Now uh, there was some backstory to that too, because they knew Brock Lesnar was leaving. Both of them, the the crowd knew that they were. This was it for pretty much both of them, um, and they they let them know in the ring, and both of them were kind of fed up with it and said, "Fuck it, man, let's." Just get this over with and get out of here um but yeah uh the the thing has come for full circle now goldberg has answered essentially brock lesnar's challenge to a fight and uh we're we're gonna have uh have bill goldberg tell you his response right here say never, eh? I never thought I'd be in this ring again. So thank you for the humble return. 
It looks smaller. It looks no, smaller he's jacked as shit. Trust me. What makes it so special is that my wife and my son are here to see me live for the first time ever. His son just dabbed. As I said, it's been 12 years. There's a lot of things I miss in this business. The biggest thing that I miss, other than kicking ass. He means Bret Hart's head. It's being a superhero <laughs> for the kids all around the world. Okay. In this day and age, there ain't enough of us. So going around the world, promoting the video game gave me that opportunity. I could go to Germany. I could go to Toronto, and I could go up to the kids, and I could shake their hands, and I could see in their eyes that I was Goldberg. It gave me the opportunity to be that superhero again. But unfortunately, somewhere along the way, I created a little drama back here at WWE. Take your jacket off your sweat and stuff. It made me think. <laughs> it's an affliction jacket. Those too expensive to take off. <laughs> you need somebody to help you with that. And I think that maybe it's better left alone. Maybe I keep it in the video game. But then. Brock Lesnar challenged me to a fight. But he didn't have the balls to do it himself. He made Paul Heyman, his fat little stooge, do it for him. And I thought to myself, maybe, maybe I have one more ass kicking left in me. I thought to myself, maybe I have one badass spear left in me. Then I thought to myself, maybe I have one last devastating jackhammer in me. Brock Lesnar. Not only does that mean that you're next. But most importantly, it means Brock Lesnar, you're last. Nice. Nice, huh? No, it's good. And I, I got to be honest with you that uh, I never had anything against Goldberg, you know, and uh, listening to him talk on various podcasts. Um, it sounds like the only person that does is Brad Hart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and William Regal, I guess. But uh, no, I, I, I think this, I mean... A, I, Brock can have a good match with anybody. I agree with that wholeheartedly, but can he... Uh, I'm just waiting for the Goldberg action figure. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm excited about. Uh, there's one more I wanted to show you guys and get your reaction out of this. Braun Strowman has been claiming over and over again that he wants some better competition, and uh, they threw not one, not two, but three guys of local talent at Strowman uh, today. And then we kind of figure out who 
will be taking on Strowman next. Uh, and I want you guys' reaction to that. So first I'm going to show you the match. John, I just want you to react as much as you possibly can to this. Okay. Three-on-one handicap match. You saw what okay. Strowman did in a two-on-one affair last week. Crane kick. Sick one. No. And now the two of the mile-high trio go after Braun Strowman. And oh, my God. And then he landed on his buddy's head. <laughs> the one whose face would land. Oh, my God. Oh. Strowman is incredible. And he has no reason to not work stiff with these guys. Good Jesus God. Christ. Oh, my God. What a vulgar display of power. No, my favorite part of this is coming up here soon, and I, I, I can't wait to hear your reaction to it. I think he might have just talked over it. No, it's what he said. He looks like No Way Jose's. Oh, yeah. Stumpy cousin. Yeah, but not so much. Now watch this dude in the corner. Watch him. Strowman sees him go outside of the ring. And this guy's like, nope. Get out of Dodge, dude. Save yourself. Well, that's the man to get out of town. And Braun Strowman is on the hunt. He's going to catch him. He's going to go Grizzly Bear. Catches him and just demolishes him. Like Winnie the Pooh. Braun Strowman ran down a man that weighs about 200 pounds less than him. I mean, ran him down. I really hope all three of these guys have great health insurance. Braun Strowman here competing at a, a mile little British bulldog there. And it uh, doesn't seem to affect him yet, Corey. Strowman's like nothing we have seen in a, oh, in a long time. Altitude or otherwise, the guy's just too dominant. So he just lost? Because <laughs> he made the guy put him his... But man, watching him chase that dude around the ring... So it looks like Sami Zayn is going to take his chance at Strowman. Your thoughts? I think this could bring out the best in Strowman. That's that's how I look at it. I have nothing against Braun Strowman. I really think that, that, I mean, from listening to him talk and learning more about him, he has a head on his shoulders. But, uh, no, I mean, I think... This has the potential to be a very good match as long as Strowman follows Zane's lead. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think I think that could be a damn good. Uh, there's storyline going there. Well, yeah, and, there, and there's also rumors out there right now that the person to be able to actually that's they're talking about who will actually stop Strowman is going to be Samoa Joe. I like that even better. I'd say, like, let's say Sammy gives it, like, a valiant effort. Mm-hmm. And that would do a lot to put Strowman. I mean, like, I think Sammy should be in there to put Strowman over. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, too. I, I think there's Sammy has yeah. nothing to gain to you lose. You can put the first superstar in there up against Strowman as much as you've built him to just have him lose, right? you gotta give him, got to give him a couple big victories before to kind of establish himself as, as that guy, that monster. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. You guys got anything else from Raw that you want to talk about? Um, we're going to talk about the poster for Hell in a Cell. Uh, yeah, because there is not one, not two, but three 
Hell in the Cell matches that are set for, uh, I believe it's the 30th coming up, and the poster of Hell in the Cell has Sasha Banks and Charlotte as they will be going on, taking on each other inside the Hell in a Cell. As well, uh, Roman Reigns and Rusev will be in the Hell in a Cell as well. I called this a long time ago that uh, you should have a female Hell in a Cell, and I think these two gals are the ones to do it. And uh, your third Hell in a Cell match, of course, for the Universal Championship as Kevin Owens takes on Seth Rollins. What do you think about three of them on the same card? I think they need to differentiate. They need to change things up. I think Roman Reigns versus Rusev, you know, the cell can be a a tool or it can be a hindrance. And I feel like um, you got to make sure to not use it as a hindrance. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. Um, Because otherwise the match could be, that turn out to be very boring. I mean, there's so many times that I can watch somebody grab somebody in a, in a slam and run them into the cage. Um, and knowing what I know about uh, flexible mesh steel, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> the chain link. So, yeah, I guess the what I kind of started this off with is that the the actual gnome or, or uh, Helena Cell poster features the women. So Yeah, only Char- those women. There's not like an, an, right, an ensemble. Right, it's just there too. Uh, so you have Charlotte and, and uh, Sasha Banks on either side of the cell. Do you think this could be a main event? They, are, I mean, Foley yeah. kind of slipped up and, and announced it as the main event. Um, he's kind of backtracked on those comments. Um, but I don't see any reason why it can't be. Um, they can follow the uh, the lead of the SmackDown show and open with the Universal Championship match. No, I think that I would rather them not open the match with the most important title in, in, in the uh, Federation. I think that you could have the title matches at the end, of the, maybe like the, 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 the higher name title matches at the end of the show. And whether you want to or want to say it or not, the, the female championship, if you are a female, is the top championship. Yeah. So I, I don't have any qualms about them going in the, in the main event as long as they can deliver. And there's not a whole lot you can do in a Hell in a Cell to top what's been done. Right. <laughs> Right. Even since they made the cell bigger, Shane jumped off it. Um, so I don't think that there's a whole lot that you can say. Oh yeah, well you know, I'm, you, know I'm, the, no. you have to get creative. Regardless, to, anything that's done between those two is going to be a first, right? True, but it could still end up sucking. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know that a Helena Melt, uh, a Helena Helena Mall match could suck, <laughs> um, and you know with. What I've what I've always wanted to see, and I don't know if this is physically possible or safe, but I would love to see somebody extremely athletic climb the cage and like literally hang from the top and swing and then like let go like drop like splash drop in like a splash. I think that would be fucking awesome. Kalisto. Has he done that? No. He did it at uh Elimination Chamber though. Yeah, but did it, I don't think it worked out that no, way. No, it sucked so no. bad. <laughs> I, I watched part of that match today. It was terrible. So I think that uh, 
I don't know. I mean, they got to find something creative, and it's not the most creative. Same thing with Elimination yeah. Chamber. It's not a, an extremely creative place. That's to, the trouble with with a pay per view titled Hell in a Cell. You're you're obligated to at least have a match, right? Yeah, they have three of them, and on the same card where we've already seen however many in the past. You're you're putting pressure on them to be creative, not just against the ones in the past, but the ones on the card. Yeah, the night. ones against each other because it could. This could be a very mundane pay per view, or it could be uh, uh, amazing. I mean, well, I you never know two. because we also have cruiserweight champion T.J. Perkins taking on Brian Kendrick again, and then the New Day puts up their belts against Cesaro and Sheamus. And they hinted too. This was kind of fun that they hinted that. Uh, the New Day are on their way to breaking Demolition's tag team title reign for a record. They need they need to double what they have at least almost. No, it's uh, they're what two months away. Yeah, four hundred and seventy eight days. Really? Mm-hmm. They're at four to four twenty two now because it's four twenty on Monday. Coincidentally, while well, they were in Colorado. Well, I think they should keep it up then. Although I'd, I'd rather demolition and keep that, I, you know. Nobody's touching the honky tonk man. That's, <laughs> that's all we know. Um, do we want to talk quick about SmackDown? No. Okay. I mean, James Ellsworth. I mean, the only thing that's noteworthy is Ellsworth. Um, you Last know, two weeks, he's, he's uh, defeated he won, well, AJ Styles. He defeated AJ Styles because Ambrose was special guest referee. And then he won uh, last week as well because of a disqualification, a five-count disqualification nonetheless, uh, because Ambrose stuck his nose in it. So, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist of it. They're selling James Elworth shirts for twenty four ninety nine <laughs> on the WWE Shop Zone. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yesterday worth, uh, they were. Uh, yesterday they were buy one get one five bucks for t shirts. They're worth looking at on the internet. Yeah, they're, they're awful t shirts, but. Uh, the Ellsworth one is yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's t- and that guy's got no chin whatsoever. Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, got a, I got all chin. It's just covered by it. Um, and then real hair. quick in NXT last week, we got uh, the return of Mr. Nakamura. To, uh, we also got the show. And we- we've had first round matchups in the Dusty Classic. We also got, uh, we found out who's leading Sanity. Yes, we did. Mr. Eric Young. Eric Young is the leader of Sanity. It's a nice little faction that they have down there. See, I featuring yes. featuring a female as well. I thought I was caught up there, but I, I guess I'm not. So I, I'm I'm excited. That that's one of the first factions NXT has done for, mm-hmm. for a long yeah, time. And, and me and my brother, I think we both love a good faction. Oh, we so do. Like whenever we would play any sort of wrestling oh, God. game, we, we would create factions among factions. Jake's had, Jake's had two or three. Well, the Dark Corners. Yep. Those guys are badass. Matt knows those guys because uh, I went over to his place to play N64 one day, and I loaded my characters on his memory card, and he's like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> That's Poe. No. No, it was... Uh, Washington? Uh, Leroy. Leroy oh. Jones, oh, yeah. Big Daddy. You always have to ruin it with something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> Speaking of ruining things, you guys want uh, count twos? Let's do it. <laughs> it's definitely time to start ruining. Uh, this evening we are talking, for our three count, we are talking our most memorable matches uh, from our uh, younger days, 15 and younger. 
Um, I'll get us going here on two count. I am going with the Royal Rumble from 1992. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Ric Flair. Absolutely. The uh, the first time the title was on the line. Uh, the only time it was on the line since or until this last year, right? Yep. Um, Ric Flair entered at number three. The, the reason this kind of uh, rings a bell is that uh, growing up, my buddy and I, Sean, who I just mentioned earlier, um, we lived three doors away from each other, shared a paper route. Uh, neither one of us grew up in a household where our, our parents were big wrestling fans. So we kind of shared this amongst ourselves. Um, and instead of getting pay-per-views as they happened, uh, we would get the uh, the videotapes, the VHS tapes after the fact. So we'd, we'd get to watch them in that day and age. It's probably eight, nine months after the thing happened. Um, and this was one of the ones we got to see. And uh, to be completely honest, it was... One of, it's probably regarded as one of the best rumbles of all time. Um, I can run down you the roster of people that were in this match. It's it reads as a who's who of professional wrestling in the uh, in the eighties and early nineties. Now, Matt, do you remember what the buildup for this was? I cannot really recall. John, do you remember it? Um, I think it had something to do with Flair and his number draw. No, so the buildup between this was Flair helped the Undertaker win his first championship at uh, Survivor, Survivor Series, Series 91. 91. And then t- three days later at Tuesday in Texas, uh, he ended up, uh, Hogan won it back. And then they finally were just like, okay, we've got to put this belt you know, up for grabs altogether just because it was a bullshit win. So they they had Flair, Hogan, The Undertaker, and I believe it was Sid Justice were got, got numbers ten through twenty. They could pick into there, but uh, no wait, Flair Flair, Flair wasn't in that one. At three Flair came in at number three. So it was I think it was Hogan and The Undertaker got ten through twenty, and uh, Sid Justice actually came in at twenty nine. So he was at the very end. Um, but yeah, this was uh, kind of the showcase. This was Flair's first WWE title reign. Um, lasted an hour in the match, and uh, again, you get you get some uh, interference towards the end with with Hulk Hogan and kind of helping eliminate both uh, was it Warlord and Sid Justice. Sid Justice. You know what I really liked was the actual work that. Uh there was a period where it was ju- right in the beginning of the match where it was just Flair and Bulldog, Bulldog. and I thought that was some of the most entertaining yeah. shit I've and ever seen. And that was the thing, was too, is that Bulldog could have eliminated him because he had him in that press slam. Yep. And I remember after watching this, we got so upset and we were like, God damn, Bulldog! It could have easily <laughs> knocked him out. This was uh, Michaels' first match as a singles or first Royal Rumble as a singles competitor as yeah. well. So oh, here, here's kind of the list. So we started off with British Bulldog. We had Ted DiBiase, Ric Flair, oh, Jerry Sags of Nasty Boys, uh, Haku, Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana, The Barbarian, Texas Tornado, 
Repo Man, Greg Valentine, Nikolai Volkov, Big Boss Man, Hercules, Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, Jim Duggan, Erwin Arshyster, Jimmy Snuka, Undertaker, Randy Savage, Berserker, Virgil, Colonel Mustafa, Rick Martell, Hulk Hogan, Skinner, Sergeant Slaughter, Sid Justice, and The Warlord. Uh, so on, I'd, I'd say 20, 23 of these guys are names that had substance. Yeah, they're legends in their own right. That, I mean, great lineup. So, awesome. yeah, it was one of those, the Royal Rumble that I remember most from growing up was, was this one. Uh, obviously, kind of the, the ending with Ric Flair getting the assist from uh, Hulk Hogan to, to kind of become that champion. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm leaving it at that, 92's Royal Rumble. Well, I have a count that uh, is extremely similar. I mean, shit, couldn't be more similar. Royal Rumble 95. The winner of that one, Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was the first Royal Rumble, and I remember Jake. And I didn't know then that Jake uh, was calling the Star Tribune hotline. Um, but my pick was Bulldog, and Jake said, "No, I think Shawn's going to take it." But at the time, Shawn wasn't yet a main eventer. You know what I mean? Yep. So I was like, I, I personally. Kayfabe wise, right? At the time I was eight. I did not see it, but I remember when Bulldog Foe won, you know, he did the clothesline over the top. Scun the cat. And uh, the the whole concept of you know, Michael's hanging on and I mean it's one of those things that like you only get one chance to do it, and his foot that doesn't touch the ground, I mean, he could have easily slipped or mistimed or something, but that foot comes so close to touching yeah. and does not touch. And I just thought, damn, that is athleticism. And he comes back in, knocks out Bulldog, and Bulldog's music was already playing. Right. He comes in, knocks out Bulldog, and then boom. We have a we have, we have a champion. There it is. Was, and, this, uh, was this one of the shortest Royal Rumbles of all time? Uh, I couldn't say. Was, uh, I think this was one of the first ones where they decided to go one minute versus two. one minute versus ninety seconds. So this was Shawn Michaels was the the first winner to to be number one, which really doesn't matter if you're one or two, but. He was the number one entrant. And, and Bulldog was number two. Number two, and they were the last two in the ring. Um, but the total time in the ring for both of them, obviously, if one was eliminated, 38-41. Ooh. So not the... You're not the, breaking any records no, there, but... Not. Still, it was just... I, I'm a big believer, and you, you hear it a lot, uh, that, that moments are what make matches. That moment, I mean, the rest of the Rumble could have blown i mean i don't remember a ton of it but that moment to me is what made this feel special to me and uh you know i I think he went on to face diesel is that Mm -hmm. sound accurate um in a losing effort but uh to me it was just just the coolest thing ever man i well especially him coming out like you never saw a number one win the match well he was not yeah he was number one in this he i think he was number 16 the following year and he won that one as well yep 
But um, no, I personally I thought this was just. Uh, you were just more stoked to see Pamela Anderson in the ring afterwards, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I was I was a huge fan of this, uh, and just uh, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend checking it out because it's some of the best bulldog and some of the best Michaels you'll ever see, and uh, it did it for me. It, it really did it for me. That's awesome. Heck yeah. All right, so sh- sh- should we uh, should we press on to our uh, to our newest, our latest and greatest, if you will? Yeah. So okay, we're gonna officially say that the the ballot is closed now. <laughs> the ballot closed at seven oh five. The ballot closes when when this starts. We've established <laughs> that when the show, that. Starts, when when the the show, show starts. starts. That was yeah. The when we start, no tweets barred. <laughs> Fuck. Honestly, it's not going to fucking matter, but yeah, it's, it's when the when the call letters hit hit at the opening of the show. That was the rule, gentlemen. No tweets barred this evening. We pick a wrestler, we tweet the hell out of him. We're allowed five tweets. We're only allowed three into the competition. If we get uh, Matt, why don't you run down the point system for this? Alrighty, so like you said, three that we score, uh, we get a point for a like or a heart or whatever the shit they're calling it these days, the kids. Um, Two points for a retweet, and you get three points for a quoted retweet or a reply. Uh, This week we picked the one and only Hulk Hogan, Twitter handle at Hulk Hogan. Uh, I did get all five of my tweets in. Um, we need to talk about some rules on this uh, post show because, from what I know, none of us got any points this week. No, no, whatsoever. So here are my top three that I'm going to put into the uh, put into the mix. Just do, do one at a time. We'll go around. Yep. We'll yep. Go around first, around. first one was uh, at Hulk Hogan. Harder to slam Andre or Zuna? My bro says it's Zuna, but he's an idiot. Thoughts on both the slam and my bro being an idiot. While I got five likes on this one, none of them were from Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you have too many friends. <laughs> John, you want to go next? Yeah, I said, uh, at Hulk Hogan, do you only perform the Axe Bomber in Japan? Because in Japan, his uh, he shouts, Axe Bomber! And then he <laughs> throws them in the ropes and does a clothesline. And that's his finisher in Japan. I was, I was That one I actually wanted... An answer to, and, and you know, Hogan didn't uh, have the time. Uh, so we we started this. It was two weeks ago. What, what was the date on this? The 6th? The 5th? Yeah. 5th. Yep. So this was shortly before uh, there was some weather, weather stomping on its way through Florida. Uh, so I opened up, said, hoping you're safe, brother. Hopefully... Hashtag Hurricane Matthew is afraid of a Hulk Hogan big boot leg drop combo. What if he died? I uh, got nothing. Mm. Uh, following up, I said, uh, and I put up a picture of NES's Giant Panther from Pro Wrestling. I said, even though he doesn't carry the epic stash, at Hulk Hogan should whoop Pro Wrestling's Giant Panther just for attempting to steal his gimmick. I got a like, but not from Hulk Hogan. I always thought Giant Panther was black. <laughs> I didn't get the tan thing. I thought he was black as hell. Nope. Um, I put uh, Hulk Hogan. You taught me to never give up. Not John Cena. 
<laughs> Long live the immortal. I love you, Hulk. Just hoping to tug on his heartstrings. <laughs> Didn't work. It seems like that's a good way to go if you look at his feet. But yeah. uh, apparently yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not good enough, John. It'll probably come through like later. <laughs> Which won't count. Uh, <laughs> Which won't count. All right, so I posted a picture of a, of a collection. My dick while I was wearing Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brett Favre. Um, of just a bunch of dudes dressed up in Hulk Hogan uh, costumes. And I said, all these guys were shot by terrorists. How do you feel? (laughs) This is what cloning was meant for. Am I right, brother? And I got nothing. Uh, My final entrance was uh, at Hulk Hogan, mac and cheese bites. Favorite, hell no, brother. Retweet, what you gonna do when the Hulkster and Kraft run wild on you? I got nothing on that one. Uh, My final is uh, Hulk Hogan or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you and Ed Leslie still close? <laughs> <laughs> and I got nothing. It's not like it's not like your Joey Styles ones from the Rig General. Account <laughs> well, at that point, ago. I was just pissed off at like being ignored. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, Joey Styles. I don't give a shit. Oh, I'm giving the I'm giving New Jack your address. Uh, it's my final one for the week. Uh, I tweeted a gif of a uh, of an, a super excited uh, Hogan face pointing kind of out at the crowd, uh, and I said, "Me, when I see a dog I haven't pet yet." <laughs> uh, that earned me zero. That's crap. You know that's crap. Oh, so. Hogan's not gonna look at that and be like, "Yeah." I gotta, yeah. You know it, brother. I want to pet that dog. (laughs) It's probably an N word. Uh, (laughs) That being said, man, like none of us have points on the board, uh, and that sucks. But um, maybe uh, so. Oh shit! I know we want to get a a name out there as soon as possible. Um, Well, let's uh, let's continue on with the show, and we'll throw it out there. If there's anyone listening, Panda, Jimmy, anybody. Go uh, through those. Go through our right. tweets to uh, to Hulk Hogan, and you pick the winner. Um, that being said, uh, we'll do a little on air production meeting. Uh, Panda made a point, and I think this would be kind of fun if we had a, uh, if you will, a celebrity guest each week joining us for no tweets barred. Okay, um, and then they can kind of do a, a loser. You know, uh, a winner-take-all type of thing. So if they end up winning no tweets barred, then they can continue doing it. If they end up losing out, then we get a new celebrity. So we get like a judge. Well, no, a participant participant, celebrity participant each week to join us in no tweets barred. Okay. Thoughts? Yeah, where do we find celebrities? Uh, (laughs) Local. our, 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 Our celebrities in our hearts, I think. Yeah, we'll continue this off there. I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't quite get it yet. So like a Panda Pete or a Jimmy Bellamy can join us for a No Tweets Barred segment. That's fair. Yeah? Good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, also, I think if none of us get points, we should honestly just take points from friends liking. I got nothing. So if you got any of you guys got a right like, around the circle. Yeah, I got, I honestly, I got six off of the three that I read. I think I had two. Okay, so Jake, who is going to be next week's No Tweets Bard? Um, I'll get back to you. I want to find out who tweets a lot, so that way we can make <laughs> sure that we're not just 
Hitting up a dead cow here. New Jack, if he paid for his minutes this month. Does <laughs> New Jack have? He's got he's a got Twitter? nothing but burners. Yeah, if you, if New Jack has a Twitter, I'm gonna put my vote in for New Jack because I have some things I'd like to say to that man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare tweet from <laughs> Ring General's account this time. Which, by the way, um, I want to talk about something after no tweets barred before we get to our count three. Okay, go for it. Uh, Jake, uh, tell us about this weekend. Uh, I know I wasn't uh, invited, um, even though you know the sh- show was my idea and all that stuff. And you know, I kind of, me and Matt kind of conceived of it, uh, the name and the format and whatnot. <laughs> and we did all that together. But uh, Matt and uh, Mister Inappropriate Jimmy Bellamy didn't uh, didn't even shoot a text to say hey. Kid Ketchup, we're riding the Winona to watch. Uh, well, there was, there was a co-promotion though. Who? Who? What would you? There was so, Elite Pro Wrestling and, and so it was Elite Pro Wrestling and it was EPW and DPW. It was the Trick or Treat Throwdown against Chromosome Six. It was a fundraising show for uh, Jack and Kaylee to help raise awareness uh, for this disease, Chromosome Six. And uh, it was a really cool, uh, really cool event. Panda and I call it, did commentary for this one. We also did one uh, previous to this one as well. Uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. We did a podcast beforehand. We did a joint podcast between us, our Ring General, and Elite Pro Wrestling Radio, which was really kind of cool. The talent down there are really nice people. And uh, we, had, we had a hell of a time. We had a bunch of people join us for commentary. Some of their talent came on, uh, joined us, which was great. And we met uh, your friend Ken Anderson. Uh, Mr. Anderson was there. And highlight for me for the event, and Matt, you can talk to this as well, um, was when he reached up to the sky to try and grab the <laughs> microphone to fall from the, uh, rafters. the rafters. Except the place that we were in, we're at the Black Horse Bar and Grill in Winona, and John, you've been there. Yep. Uh, it's it, it's it's almost I to the point. Not getting a text for that one. <laughs> uh, you were having a party, but we were. Uh, well, you were out of town, bitch. I was at my house expecting you to come over. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to be picked up, sitting on your front step, like in your nicest. <laughs> I don't think he's coming, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were there uh, for that, and it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun because uh, we were wait- He's sitting there. He's waiting for the mic to drop down, and the there were there's no mic at this place because you know it's a it's a bar and it's a grill. So he went nuts, brought in a chair, started banging the chair around a lot, and then uh, you look and he actually set the chair up for ring announcer Isaac Wenzel. You're Nemesi Isaac Wenzel. Nah, we're cool. He just shouldn't have fucking won. <laughs> to stand on this chair uh, and you know put the ring mic into his hand as <laughs> he did. It was that's, pretty that, good. That's pretty funny. It was I funny, like that. and then he grabbed the uh, grabbed the grabbed the microphone from him and then gave it and, and then, then gave him, him a old, tap. The old sack right in the tap. crotch. <laughs> it was uh, it's pretty impressive. Pretty hilarious. Uh, Wenzel sold. Did, did Wenzel sell it? Wenzel sold Wenzel it. Well. Sold it. Yeah, nice. He probably actually got hit in the nuts. He, he said it was a little bit of a combo. Uh, he, he did catch it a little bit, uh, but he he went with it and just kind of. Uh, what are you going to do? Pick, extra get, get pissed off in the middle of the show and ruin everything? Right. Piss off, Mister Anderson. 
Um, okay, so then next week will be New Jack. Uh, no, New Jack does not have an official Twitter. Well, somebody buy him some minutes. <laughs> go, go get him a, a Verizon top-up card. I'll tell you what, though. Ladies and gentlemen, for no tweets barred, Broken Matt Hardy. Mm. At Matt Hardy brand. That could be tricky since it's broken condition. <laughs> did you guys actually go back and listen to the uh, Broken Matt Hardy podcast? I didn't. No. No. See, people say, like, go listen to this podcast. And, like, for me, I am not like a... Like, other people are like, yeah, I got this new CD. I'm going to listen to it. And I'm just like, what? doing what? Because I can't listen to music. I can't listen to podcast. I got to be driving or, like, mowing the lawn or something. I can't just, like, sit in a chair and, <laughs> you know, just, like, enjoy it and press play. Because um, to me, that's what psychotics do. So uh, next week will be, uh, you said, New Jack, or what do you say? <laughs> Matt Hardy. So at Matt Hardy brand is going to be your Twitter handle that you're going to hit up. And then I think our first guest should be Panda Pete. So or uh, Jimmy Bellamy. Jimmy can be our. Yeah, first I'd guest. have a few words that I'd like to talk to Jimmy Bellamy about. <laughs> Who drove, Matt? Was it your car? No, it was Jimmy's. Oh, so it was his fault. <laughs> so I don't know if either of you. I'm sure you guys did, but uh, the show that the three myself. Jimmy and Panda recorded. Um, Panda invited Jimmy and I down for that show, so I mean, it was it was kind of an obligation that we had given to to Panda. And no, it's cool. It's, I mean, I mean, like one of your dear friends wasn't going through like a tragedy or anything. Probably going to use like a pick me up and you know, like a nice, you know, nice weekend with friends. But you know, I'll just I'll, I just sat at home crying. So it's not <laughs> it's not the biggest deal. Um, I, I did commentary. It was awesome. Yeah, so I sat at home and I watched without a paddle and I cried my <laughs> ass off. So fuck you guys. It is, it is a it is a very emotional movie. I remember that. It's one. solid. It is a little bit emotional. It's good. It's a yeah. good one. The crying I, in the rain. I remember that. I just uh, turned. Uh, no, in all honesty, I'll be honest. I, I I give you guys shit, but if you had invited me, I would have been extremely flattered and I would have loved to go. But I I was not in the. <laughs> You guys would not have wanted me in that car. <laughs> in the state of mind I was in last week, it was uh, it was pretty rough. But um, next time, there is no excuses. No. I think the next show, they said, is not until February. Yep, February is um, going to be our next one. But, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got Raw next Monday we're all, we're all going to, right? Yep. Have, we, have we found a home for the fourth ticket yet? Uh, Do we have four tickets? No, we've got a total of three. Okay. Yep. I know we initially thought we were at F4. Awesome. Three, though. That works. Yep. Very cool. And then I also want to shout out that uh, if you do, I have a, a few on order here. Um, but if you do want a Ring General Radio t-shirt, um, I am starting to work. Um, I'm, I'm starting to email back and forth Pro Wrestling Tees because I know they do t-shirts for podcasts. Nice. And it would be very nice to get our t-shirts up next to some of the greats. Um, it's just, we need, uh, cause they, you know, they print them, they supply them. We just have to, uh, but either way, um, if you do want a ring general radio t-shirt, reach out to us at ring underscore generals on Twitter or you can, 
even email us. So it's ringgenerals at gmail. It's ringgeneralradio at gmail. So, um, so we will, uh, in fact, uh, I'll put up. Uh, can you put up multiple links on Twitter? Do you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll put up. Uh, I'll put up the link to our to, to our uh, email as well. Um, because I want, uh, I want these things loud and proud. We did, I did make a, uh, we did make hats, but, uh, the gentleman that, uh, made the hat for us actually got fired. <laughs> uh, it's but no, it's not coincidence. It just happened. But you guys got to admit he made a damn good hat. That was sweet. And he was such a great guy. I went in there and I'm like, here's the deal. I got the show. Uh, he was actually friends with, uh, I want to say. Big D? Sean, Sean Horsch. Uh, I think it was Sean Horsch's brother uh, from uh, EPWR. Yeah, so, I mean, I was, uh, I, I mean, we, we, we struck a common bond, and he made, I, I mean, like, I gave him the most vague, like, this is what I want, this is what I want it to look like, and he said, come back in 40 minutes, and I would have paid the dude 100 bucks for this thing, seriously, just for the, the how seriously he took it. He, paid, he charged me 40 which awesome. for a custom-made front and back hat is pretty cool. Um, but T-shirts, they should be much easier to obtain. I know I can do it. Um, you can get them uh, in either uh, white or red. No, you can get white. Nah, I wouldn't get white. You can get uh, red, black, uh, any size you choose. And cool. uh, they're comfy. They're sexy. They're stylish. Um, and they support probably the one of the best podcasts around. Yes, sir. What are we asking for them? Um, uh, you know what, at, at this point in time, if you want to get on the bandwagon early, um, first 10 people to ask, we'll get them for free. Nice. Very nice. I want a red one. <laughs> now the f- next nine people. Okay. No, you already got yours. So, uh, <laughs> first 10 people to ask, give me their shirt size and the color they want. They will, uh, they will get a free, t- free t-shirt. Nice. Right awesome. On. You guys ready to close this bad boy out? Let's do it. Count three. All right. Three counts this evening. We're talking most memorable matches from our uh, from our upbringing. So from our uh, pre-15-year-old age. Um, I'll run you down my first two here, get you to my pinfall. I started off with the Earthquake Jake or the Snake Roberts match from Superstars back in 1991 where Damian... Uh, suffered his untimely demise. Uh, my two count was the 1992 Royal Rumble uh, featuring Ric Flair becoming the first champion to win, or at first, uh, first to win the championship via the Royal Rumble. And my three count this evening, my most memorable match from, uh, from growing up, I am going Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania six. Um, yeah. So I, I absolutely I mentioned this earlier. Uh, Sean and I kind of uh, pooled our pooled. Oh, nope. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we oftentimes would pool our money to to rent the VHS tapes. This was one where we specifically pooled our money in order to get the pay-per-view. So this was one of the, the ones where we watched it live. Uh, remember watching... Uh-oh. Teddy. Come here. We got, we got a special guest in the studio. Teddy, I want you to tell the audience, who is your favorite wrestler right now? Um, I'd say he's not or Rowdy. 
Cena or Rowdy? Cena or Rowdy? Now, Teddy, if you had to choose one, Cena or Rowdy, who would you choose? Maybe Cena because he's not dead. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) We have a new Mr. Inappropriate. (laughs) Ah, Teddy, we love you. Um... Next time I see you, Teddy, I have a signed Christmas card. And I have a bottle of signed by Roddy Piper bubblegum soda. And I'm going to give it to you. Because anything I have that's valuable, I just give to you. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. All right. As always, you got uh, you got to hear uh, future ring general, absolutely, Teddy Beaver, awesome. the man with the plants, growing up fast and uh, liking really those wrestlers that are still alive because he's not dead. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's go, Cena, because he's not dead. Cena, because he's not dead. Huh? That's, uh, have you work. have you got a chance to show Teddy many Piper matches? Yep. Or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, between that. And he's been watching a lot of them on YouTube. You know, really? going back, he said one of his favorites is, is Piper versus uh, Piper against uh, Mr. Perfect is one of his favorites. From just a suit, like an old school, like superstars. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he's like, I think he's going to have to mature a little bit to have the respect for Mr. Perfect. Oh, it's it's early in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's really early in the game. You see, as uh, Matt and I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, as a kid, I just uh, I didn't um, I I didn't really you don't appreciate, and that kind of actually segues back into your point. This match was not good for yeah, so. Kind of looking back and judging it by today's standards, it's not it's not a classic match in, in like Matt wrestling. This one kind of broke the mold though, man, because like you, you started n- off, you had champion versus champion, you had both of them coming in as fan favorites, um, and you ended up with the for both of them working together, like it wasn't a train wreck that it could have been. No, and on, you know, I take that back because for what it was, so, and I think it's that old homage. When you're a kid, you don't know that the Ultimate Warrior can't work that well. Right. And you don't know that Hulk Hogan is, in his latter years, you know, when he was younger and training, he could do a lot more things, especially if you watch any of his earlier Japan work. He can do drop kicks. He can do all sorts of stuff. But you just kind of mold into that style that, you know, you want to say it's lazy or whatnot. I mean, if you compare this to, like, Ricochet, Will Ospreay, it, yeah, Hogan's it's the not, ultimate five moves of doom, right? Yeah, Hogan's they, not going nuts. But they told a story, you but know? The, and the thing is, this broke. I mean, this was the first time that you really double saw. Double clothesline. Let's say a double clothesline. You, this is the first time you really saw a face take on a face. Yep. You know, this was very unheard of. For anything this major, yeah. yeah this I mean, for title for title, too, that didn't happen. No. I don't want to say it never happened before, but did it happen never frequently. And never I see for, 
for I mean CN world. Yeah. Has that happened since? Uh, other than the Universal or the WWE Championship and the US Championship, when Rollins. No, I'm talking IC and and, uh, and and you know has, WWE. Has, has somebody won them both? No. I mean, at the same time, Mm-mm. and then uh, correct. What happened to the? Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank as to what happened to the IC. Title the IC. The IC title went into a tournament, which Mr. Perfect ended up winning, just as he should have. Yeah. But so the the like the most memorable part. Stop part of skipping! This I want to see that double clothesline. It's way earlier in the match. Most memorable part of this. I mean, the match itself was was kind of almost secondary to the. Uh, the show of respect afterwards between the two of them. Like, Hogan literally went out, grabbed the world title, and brought it in and gave it to the Warrior at the end. And then they did the old, I'm hugging you, but I'm hitting you at the same time. And then, then Hogan hopped on the little uh, the chariot thing to, to bring him to the back. And they were both, like, thumping their chests and pointing at each other. Yep. It was just one of those moments. It was, it, I think it was, yeah, it was a Sky Dome. In Toronto. I remember exactly. Yep. And then Hogan goes in for the boot. Misses it. Gets the big splash. And then it's one, two, three. And the the best part. See, I'm sorry. Matt, I'm so sorry. But, like, my my favorite part is that Hogan kicked out right after. That is my least favorite part. Really? (laughs) It's my least favorite part. If you're going to put somebody over, put them fucking over. Yeah, but like if the whole point is that Hogan was the unbeatable, right? So Hogan, I think I think part of that is Hogan uh, and actually that is, that is Hogan's ego through and through. So I actually added to one of my tweets there is would you guys like to see a Hulk Hogan podcast? Because you see you hear so much shit talking about Hulk Hogan. But you have you never heard his point of view on a lot oh, of this right. stuff. And I, the, the is fact, it sponsored by Pornhub? Well, the, the fact <laughs> that you're hearing so many voices talking in unison about it because it'd be paid for by Gawker. <laughs> but I've heard plenty of people say I'd walk in and, and Hogan was was an awesome dude. You know, yeah. Ed Leslie says it to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a shirt from him signed by Hulk Hogan just outside of Hogan's uh, shop in Tampa. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when you have that many voices, like, it's 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 one of those cases where if that many people are saying it, you, you if 75 people are accusing Bill Cosby of improprieties, there's probably something to it. Yeah, because there's only 300 million people in the U.S. <laughs> 75 can't be wrong. I love that pudding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, you're right. We haven't really gotten his side of the story, but you're only going to get contradictions, right? You're only going to say he was he was the best guy to work with backstage. He was super easy to get along with, and I, I don't think Hulk Hogan is gonna gonna bury himself. No, no, but he, uh, there could be sides to the story that. So I've heard that uh, you know, like everybody in WCW had creative contract or creative control. For but a while, then, yeah. when you watch, uh, did you guys see uh, Eric Bischoff's most recent DVD? Which, if if you haven't, uh, I'll recommend it here in about six minutes. But um, Hogan, uh, his recent DVD, he said Hogan was the only one with creative control, and he used it once. 
you know, really? which is when you hear like, if you hear like all the, you know, all the rise and fall of WCW and all that stuff, you hear everybody had it, which I can't imagine to be true. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be difficult to, uh, like you said, if it was a matchup between Goldberg and, and Flair, say, and they both have creative control, that's going to cause a lot of friction, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it is uh, it is one of those kind of uh, urban legends that if, if, again, though, you're probably not going to have Eric Bischoff, who signed a lot of these guys to those contracts, say, like, yeah, that was, yeah, was a, I fucked that up pretty hard, didn't I? But... Well, even just to hear stories, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things I'd like to hear from Hulk Hogan that I don't hear. Um, and mostly what, about his days at Tropic Thunder, right? Or Thunder and Paradise. I mean, Paradise? Yeah. But seriously, the guy has. I mean, you listen to Steve Austin's podcast, and um, Jesse Ventura was on there earlier this week, actually today. And as crazy as I think Jesse Ventura is, I love hearing him talk. I love hearing his opinions on stuff, whether I agree with them or not. And I love hearing sto- I mean, like, don't put fucking shit in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I just, I personally, uh, you know, I, I, I think it'd be a great idea. Huh. All right. So why didn't you, why didn't you tweet that to him? Tweet what to who? <laughs> tweet to Hulk Hogan and say, start a fucking podcast. You got your money now. Um, yeah, so that, that, that'll that end my three count for the nights with uh, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, main event, WrestleMania six at Skydome. Um, Don't I'm, put fucking words <laughs> in my mouth. My, <laughs> my most memorable match from my younger years. John, why don't you run down your one and two count, get us to your pinfall this evening. Okay, my one count is... Every 160 years or so, the sun kind of goes crazy up there, and it's due to happen. And, well, here's the backup again. The Mayan calendar. What it said was simply this. December 21st of 2012, the world as we know it will end and a new world will begin. Okay. Um, that was your one count. Um, Sidetrack me a little bit. That's some truth. Uh, my one count. Oh, count one. Leading to count three. Count one. Owen Hart versus Bret Hart in what is one of probably the best technical wrestling matches I've seen in my life. Um, WrestleMania 10. Um, and then this is actually interesting because Bret Hart actually went on to win the title that night against Yokozuna, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. Uh, Royal Rumble 95, Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog entering one and two and finishing 29 and 30. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. And finishing uh, as the last two, um, some controversy around the end, only to realize that there was no controversy. It was mm-hmm. fair and square. Mm-hmm. Count four is one that I will never forget for as long <laughs> as I four. live. Jesus. We're <laughs> <laughs> running King Kong Bundy rules tonight, man. <laughs> Count to five, god <laughs> damn it. Give um, me five. No, you'll, you'll get in a second why I accidentally said four. My, my, my pinfall is... Yokozuna versus The Undertaker, Royal Rumble 1994. Yeah. Matt, yeah, do you recall yeah. this match? It's the, ca- the casket match? Yep. Double wide. <laughs> Double deep. Um, there's, there's two things. One, I, as a character, really liked Yokozuna. Yeah. Um, I remember, and I've told this story multiple times, but 
Um, this is back when kayfabe was a genuine thing. Um, Yokozuna didn't speak. Um, he said bonsai every now and then. Um, but uh, I remember him, Mr. Fuji, Jim Cornette, his whole entourage going on to Regis and Kathy Lee with the title. And they grabbed the title and Jim Cornette said, be careful, he doesn't like it when too many people hold it. And as a kid, I was just like, fucking put it down, Regis. <laughs> you fucking bonsai drop, you'll die. Um, but Yoko versus Undertaker was very interesting because uh, Yokozuna was afraid of the Undertaker. Um, and uh, well, yeah, I, th- I mean, the Undertaker signifies death. I mean, that's. Yeah, and I think at that point, the Undertaker's gimmick was still very. I don't want to say protected, but it was still very. Um, just as it was during the debut. Um, and f- for one, you know, I mean, I, I heard uh, Kevin Owens talking about how there was a lot of people that said it was hard for him to catch a break because of his size. Um, if there's any person in the world that can show you that you can be, uh, you know, morbidly obese and still have a kick-ass wrestling match and give a super kick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Yokozuna. And um, I like... There's so many things I love about this match. One, um, Yokozuna had to face his fears in this match, right? So what does he do? He, he enlists every single heel in the dressing room um, to come down and not only stop him from losing, um, but basically overwhelm the Undertaker and and I in as a as a child I thought man these guys must be afraid of the Undertaker too because like you, uh, Jesus I don't even know how to describe it to me it's, this is perfect wrestling this is this is uh, I it's I'm, amazing I'm speechless as I, as I just like the storytelling and like they're all taking on the Undertaker, and then once you know they kind of got control of the Undertaker, and you know how they got control is they got a hold of his urn, and he he was literally fighting back what looks to be about ten guys yep. until the urn was opened, and this was the coolest shit when they opened the urn, earned when they opened the urn. Uh, there was clearly a smoke bomb in there, and green smoke came out, which essentially my brother, um, Spirit, who, baby. who knew I was completely kayfabe mind, um, my brother said, yeah, that's all the Undertaker's power, and it's leaving him. And then from then on out, the Undertaker was completely helpless. And he just took finisher he after took, finisher. Yep, every single person's finisher he took, and this lasted... Go back to the uh, t- the timeline there. This lasted probably at least five minutes. Yep. Uh, there's the greetings from Asbury Hasbury Park. Asbury Park. Um, then you got the uh, Samoan splash going up there. Interesting to see a, a young Diesel in there. Uh, Adam Bomb. Yeah, man, you got both. You got Chronic in there, man. You got both. Uh, yeah, you got Adam Cr- Clark all and of Chronic in there. Adam and who? Uh, who is the gentleman in the purple pants? That is. Uh, uh, it was Tenru and Kabuki. They were brought in from New Japan for the Royal Rumble. Um. So I just thought it was awesome. But that's that, so. Another thing, when they close the casket, Bam Bam Bigelow climbs on top of it like in a panic, like. 
they're afraid he's going to get out. Um, and Yokozuna feels like he's safe, right? So one of my favorite moments in this, too, was when after they put him in, you know, everybody starts leaving the ring. And before Yoko puts him in, it's Yokozuna and the head shrinkers. And they do the, the way up thing. Yep. And it, that was really cool to see them do that just because these guys are actually related in real life. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it was great. And then, I mean, the end was the best. The, the end, to me, so, like, to me, and it, it's been said before, you don't remember the match, you remember moments, right? And from the from that point until the point where, um, I, I got chills right now. Look at these goose pimples. <laughs> um, then you see the inside of the casket on the, uh, what would have then been the Titantron, and the Undertaker, uh, oh, man, I wish we could play the audio, too. Is that possible? Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear his monologue at the end. So now you have the Undertaker up, and you can see him laying inside the casket. What is going on here? And as soon as the gong hits, oh, man. The spirit of the Undertaker For me, in the speech towards the end when his voice cracks when he says, I will not rest in peace and his voice cracks at that point oof, I didn't see, now I, I have to listen for that The origin of which cannot be explained The answer lies in the everlasting spirit Soon all mankind will witness the rebirth of the Undertaker. I will not rest in peace. I didn't catch it. Just when he goes, I... His voice inflects just a little bit there. And then... And then, like, it start, the casket starts Boys going, you know, haywire. Here you go. Listen. Of the Undertaker. I oh, come, you're being too critical now. <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. That's pretty... Uh, it was at that point, too. So, yeah, that's good. And then, uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, like, the... This see this part too. I thought was cool when like the, the lightning flashes on the casket and whatnot. And you get the inverted, you know, the blood to the black and white, and then it explodes. You get the inverted black and white Undertaker, who then you know they show him ascending from the Titantron, and there's an actual person dressed as the Undertaker being pulled up to the rafters, non Owen Hart style, and uh, little do people we know where he learns it. Yep, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Little do people know that that's uh, that's actually Marty Jannetty in the Undertaker gear being pulled up to. Interesting. See, Raptors. that was as a kid. That was my only gripe. Is I was like, where did he have time to find his coat, and his tie, <laughs> and his hat? You know. But at the same time, uh, to me, I remember Jake showing because at this time I was seven years old. I remember Jake bringing everyone over, showing my parents, showing everybody, because he was at the age where if he thought it was cool, he thought everybody else would think it's cool. Yeah. I, everybody hits that phase. Um, Still am in that phase. I am. 
And uh, I got to say, I to me, that, that is probably my, one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time. Very cool. Very awesome. Right Damn, boys, you guys went two and a half this week. Welcome back to New Thompson. It's good to have you guys both Fuck, here. it's almost ten. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go to work in an hour. <laughs> Shit. Ring General Radio is a 4D podcast production. It was recorded live at New Thompson Home Studios in beautiful Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Your on-air talent has been Maddie Atlantic. The Red Star in Minnesota, John O'Beaver, myself, Stubby J. Find us individually on Twitter at Maddie underscore Atlantic, at John O'Beaver, at Stubby Two Cents, or collectively at Ring underscore Generals. You also can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Ring General Radio. Find news links, plus uh, so much more on there. Six days, gentlemen, before people can hear us once again. What should they be watching until then? Uh, it's kind of like beating an old uh, dead horse here, but JBL Legends, this uh, this past week, they premiered an episode where you sat down with the living legend, Bruno Sammartino. Oh, I would love to see that. Great I'm kind watch of, out when I get home. Great uh, kind of look at his past, how there were several instances that almost prevented him from living past the age of 10. Um, But it also kind of uh, highlighted his his move to the the States when he was young and uh, kind of his rise to becoming a professional athlete Um, and then working in Canada to becoming one of the biggest draws Madison Square Garden has ever seen. Um, and then, uh, he kind of gives his, uh, views on not only like Hulk Hogan, but the state of professional wrestling that is happening now. So, uh, definitely worth, I think it's like a 45, 50 minute viewing, definitely worth your time. And those, I mean, is there, is there considered a golden age of wrestling? I don't know. Cause I, I want to say if I had to ballpark it, I would say it was around his time. Around like uh, I want to say like sixty, early uh, mid uh, late sixties to early seventies. Um, I'm uh, forgive me. I'm 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 only twenty nine, but uh, uh, I just love the idea that this man was. It's hard to say. Like when, when I'm watching with my girlfriend, I'm like, you don't understand. This guy is. Ap- I mean, he was. God to these people. Absolutely. You know? Especially the Italian American community. Yep. Especially uh, yeah, cause around New York where he was, yep. you know, where he was mainly performing. So I don't I honestly like I love watching a good Bruno because like nobody could hulk up like Bruno. No. You know what I mean? I, I loved uh, I was a giant in his time. I wish I had I wish Bruno was our figure of the week. <laughs> Did I ever bring in Bruno for a figure of the week? No, nope. have. Next week our figure of the week is gonna be Bruno San Martino. Deal. Nice. Um, no, I, uh, so, I mean, it's tough for me to come up with one because I, it's, it's, uh, you know, bitch, 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 you know, I complain all the time and not even going to tell you what I'm complaining about, just complaining, bitch, (laughs) bitch about it, bitch about that. Um, but if I was going to give you one, I would tell you, um, and this is kind of in line with our three count next week, uh, check out the, uh, the Jesse Ventura podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin that aired today um, purely because I think it's, I mean, Jesse Ventura, you know, is kind of a know-it-all, um, but he is, he explains why he's the only wrestler with, like, 
a retirement plan. And it's because he he was savvy. He knew what he was doing, and uh, he explains how he got it done. And um, He was the original kind of guy to unionize professional wrestlers. Well, yeah, and a big part of it is that uh, he wanted royalties for the likeness that he owned that he refused to sell to Vince McMahon. So um, anytime he appears, like, they owe him royalties, and he says he's gotten a royalty check since early, late 90s. And some of them are in like the six figure range. Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's just very cool to hear that in a system that produced so many people relying on drug, alcohol, or you know, I know Shane Douglas was training to be an assistant manager at Target or Walmart or some shit, you know, and um, those people have to find their peace in their life afterwards. But personally, I understand that. Going from being a pro wrestler to being um, doing something like either of us do would totally suck. <laughs> um, and he found a way to uh, do a lot with his life afterwards, and he explains that. Plus, uh, they talk a little bit about about his book, uh, The Marijuana Manifesto, which uh, actually comes to uh, comes in part two next week. So, oh, damn, excited excited to hear that. But yeah, I would say check that out. Not to recommend another podcast, but I mean that I, that gave me a lot of enjoyment. Which kind of brings us to the f- point that uh, next week our three count is our favorite podcast. So, do we want to talk favorite podcast running or favorite podcast specific, like this person on this show? Uh just running, just the the, the overall show uh, in and of itself. Like Jono said, it's not something that we want you to, to go listen to that show exclusively. Uh, but it's something that uh, we both find interesting and, and wouldn't if, Yeah, if you're listening to us, you're a wrestling fan, yeah. so I, I, you'll enjoy this for sure. Or Absolutely. you're a glutton for punishment, <laughs> one of the two. Uh, Stubby, you got any recommendations? What those guys said. Awesome. Uh, once again, thank Take that back. Rewind. Oh, uh, go, back and, go back and listen to Ring General last week, uh, Best of Battle Bowl 2015. Awesome, guys. Uh, good to have everybody back in the mindset. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Until next week, the bell tolls for the ring generals. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.